This podcast is a production of Mutant Donkey. Uh, if you like Mutant Donkey, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mutant donkey. You can also follow us on Twitter at mutant underscore donkey. We also have a presence on YouTube at the Mutant Donkey channel, so please like and subscribe if you like this. Thank you. Fair warning. The Mutant Donkey podcast may be inappropriate for people without a sense of humor or for people under the age of 30. Thank you for listening. Do you need tech support? You want pillow? Room service? Housekeeping? You want towel? <laughs> <laughs> you want flop pillow? <laughs> you want blue you want me jerk you off? <laughs> so, don't forget to watch the latest episode of We Don't Know What We're Doing in Deep Rock Galactic on the Mutant Donkey channel. Which I just posted today, May 10th, 2019. Chos is running around not knowing what we're doing and shooting each other. Apparently Justin shot Candyman. And I have it in the video in the background, like running around trying to save Mopi. And then I hear that, I hear Candyman complaining because Justin's trying to help him. But I guess he started shooting him for some reason. I don't know. That was just weird. He's helping him with bullets. He's helping him with his mullet? With bullets? Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, you cut out for a second. All right, so Candyman, you're there. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. so are you guys ready to start? Yeah. Three, two, one. Yeah, the unabridged version of the Mutant Donkey podcast. So we got Candyman, California, Ethancito, Texas, uh, Andrusito, Texas, and myself, Texas. So uh, did I mention we're going to the Comic Palooza tomorrow? We're gonna go to the comic book convention and. Uh, uh, Ethan and Adriana. Everything I canceled. Ethan was gonna get graduate from uh, HCC tomorrow, yeah, and because of the rain, they canceled everything. Adriana was supposed to be in a play, and they canceled that too. Like all activities have been canceled this weekend, except for Comic Palooza. So we're gonna be there all day. Where's that gonna be? It's gonna be at the George R. Brown, which is downtown Houston, kind of across from Enron. Sorry, Minute Maid Park. <laughs> it used to call. It used to be called the Enron field or whatever but now it's the minute Maid park the baseball so it's across the street from there it's a big convention center pretty cool i don't think it's probably about a third the size of the one in san diego maybe or maybe half i don't know the one in san diego is huge that thing is insanely big so uh so i guess let's start we're just going to open up the table have a table discussion on what you've been watching who wants to go first or you know what you've been watching doing playing and whatever you want to talk about Jump, cricket. Twenty one Jump Street. Oh yeah, Ethan's been watching Twenty One Jump Street. What? Yeah. Like the old school? Yeah, the original yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. It's on Amazon, so we started watching. I showed him one episode, and I thought it was the first episode. For some reason, it started on season three. Uh, you know, episode one, and I forgot how good that show was. I really. That's when Johnny it. Depp was normal. Yeah, that was yeah. before he. What's his face? Got him into Edward Scissorhands or whatever. Yep. Uh, what's the name of that creepy ass monkey dude um, from Batman and Scissorhands and what else did he do 
Uh, Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah. What's his name? And Batman Returns and Batman yeah. and things with stuff. Yeah, well, what's his name? I forgot his name. Tim Burton. Tim Burton, there you go. I've been trying to remember his name all day long. I don't know why I can't. And the yeah, classic Frankenweenie. We, we can have Bernie's? No, Frankenweenie. Oh, Frankenweenie, oh. okay. <laughs> like, like, we can have Bernie's was a little bit wait. It was, yeah, it wasn't as dark as it should have been, I guess. I don't know. That was good. So, Ethan, how do you like 21 Jump Street? I like it a lot. Yeah, what do you like about it? I like it when they jump. <laughs> Hold um, on. I just think it's fun because they're undercover in high schools and I go to a high school. Yeah. It's kind of relatable. But would you want to go back to high school again once you graduated to deal with all the same ass wipes and, you know? Actually, if I was undercover, I would really enjoy going back to high school and I could be one of the bad boys. And get with girls pregnant? Oh, no. Well, no. <laughs> Not that episode. The that one, episode. The one where the two officers are like the McQuaid brothers and they wear bandanas. Oh, yeah. That was a fun episode. They go, yeah! You know, they recently, well, somewhat recently made two two movies out of Jump Street. With uh, Jonah Hill and what's-his-face? Uh, the Full Monty dude? What's, that's the only thing I can remember him for. I guess G.I. Joe, but then they killed him off. What's his, uh, I can't remember names. <laughs> What's the name of the actor? The guy that everybody goes crazy for. Channing Tatum? There you yes, go. Yes, there you go. Channing Tatum. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, what was that movie? The movie I just said before where he's like stripping and stuff like that. Magic and, Mike. Uh, Magic Mike and all the girls went to see that thing. They almost trampled me on their way out. But uh, there's something to be said that once uh, girls go see that movie, they'll hit anything. Like, they were looking at me like I was a choice piece of meat or something after they came out of that thing. They were, like, ready to get down or something. I don't know. That, that movie does weird things to women. That's all I gotta say. Anyway. How do we get that movie back in theaters? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they... You don't have to work that hard to get it back in theaters. Just announce it. They will come. Difficult. Yeah, they will get there. Outcome. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so Candyman, what? Yeah, by the way, the, we're ramping up the show now. The podcast is going to be a little bit more real than what it was in the first four episodes. So feel free so to real. expand. And, uh, you don't think we'll get pulled? Pulled from what? There's like, <laughs> there's like two point, there's 2.5 people that listen to this shit, you know? <laughs> you might lose the point 0.5. <laughs> yeah, lose the, lose the point 0.5. So, um, okay, uh, Candyman, what, have you been watching anything, or have you had time to yeah, watch anything? Yeah, so I started watching, I talked about, I don't know if it was on the podcast, I was talking about it to you guys, or Andres, uh, the, the, I think it's, what is it, it's like Love, Death, and Robots, it's that um, oh, yeah. Netflix oh, yeah. one. Yeah. It's pretty cool, it's it's kind of a collect, you know, they're, they're very short episodes, it's like 10 to 15 minutes. It could be quite sexy, too. And they're they're pretty widely varied, but especially the very first one was just exceptionally good. Yeah, it was. There was a twist, and I didn't expect the twist. I didn't either. Yeah, it was really good. I, I keep like waiting for one that's as good as it, and it's like there's a couple. There've been a couple that are good, but nothing that was that good. The first one was just super strong. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I still haven't finished watching all of them. It's almost like I'm afraid to watch all of them because I don't want to run out. So Go I just I, I just want to keep them there so that. There's always a possibility of me watching more. Just yeah, like, just like Anne complains that we never watching the IT, we never finished watching the IT crowd. 
because <laughs> that show was so good to me that they didn't want to run about episodes. Even today, we haven't finished watching uh, the last episodes of season three. But I just heard that somebody may be rebooting that show. Is that right? Have you guys heard anything about that? They did try to, just like with The Office, they tried mm -hmm. to create it here in the States, but they didn't get past the pilot stage. But I mean, like today or yesterday, I heard that's, that they were trying to... They were trying to reboot it right now, no, or, like, or like continue the seasons. I mean, what are those actors doing anyway right now? I mean, two of them Chris, went into the big picture, right? I was going to say, Chris O'Dowd is making a lot of movies. He's, yeah. He's doing a lot. He's awesome. That guy cracks me up. It's really and the, the woman, I can't remember her name, but she's in a ton of stuff also. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I so they, they've so all moved on. And then the boss is actually on What We Do in the Shadows now. He's one of the main vampires. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you, yeah. you told me about that show. That show, I, I still haven't seen it. We need to get together and, and watch that stuff. So, cool. So, uh, Androsito, you, have you been watching anything? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, that was a good segue. What We Do in the Shadows, I've been watching that show. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, any fan of the movie, or if you haven't seen the movie, highly recommend it. Any fan of like any of the mockumentary kind of style movies, uh, that's the style of the show also. The show follows a bunch of vampires in Staten Island, which is pretty funny. They're, they're, they're real dumb. <laughs> um, so I've been watching that. I've been watching all of my typical uh, CW type stuff. Yeah. Uh, I finished Gotham finish that series well so good i stopped watching it a while back um the series is great the the, the series is really really good it kind of the the end i mean they had to end it some way they they do a lot of fast forwarding and and sort of set up batman and the whole they they basically went to the end of the road mm -hmm. they skipped mm. they skipped all the way to basically present day comic type stuff oh, okay but it, it was good. the the end The last episode, I think, was a little bit disappointing, but overall, it was good. So um, the show's over for good. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to catch um, up on it. I think it's on Netflix, right? Like the back episodes are on Netflix. Yeah the the finale was. To be honest, I'm not even. I watched it on DVR. I'm not even sure when it aired. Um, okay. But it's been over long enough that if it's not on Netflix now, it should be pretty soon. Okay. Um, and it's a Fox show, so it's it's on Hulu also. If you have. Hulu, it should be on there. Okay. And then on, um, on non-spoilery terms, did you end up watching Endgame? Because Candyman hasn't seen it, so I don't want to spoil, but in generally, did you like the movie? Yeah. I know Ethan went to watch it twice. Um, generally, no. I did not like the movie. No? No. I thought it was okay. I, 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 like, it. I like the other one better. The, um, yeah, it's, it's my least favorite of all the Avengers movies. Really? Yeah. Um, if... Don't watch the new trailer of Spider-Man: Far From Home until you see Endgame because it's really spoilery. Oh yeah, Tom Holland uh, is at the beginning saying there's gonna be spoilers. Yeah, and, and I did watch it. And to be honest, some of the things that they drop in that trailer fix some of my problems with Endgame. It's there's a. The end game for the brothers that wrote the movie was to make lots more movies and lots more shows mm. based on the things that I hated about the movie. Oh, okay. So there was method in their madness rather than what I thought was just being lazy and horrible writers. Okay. That's all so, I'll say. So I, mean, spoiler, I, but. I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. It was a long movie, but it didn't. to me it didn't feel that long. I can tell you right now that uh, Civil War felt a lot longer to me than this movie did and uh, actually you know I, I thought 
I, although the pacing was a little bit slow in the first half, I thought that overall the movie was okay. Although it didn't really have any major twists, like the things that I thought were going to happen, happened. And that was pretty much it. So, No, I mean, if uh, you want some... if It's kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, you go in, you see the people you want to see again, which is great. You yeah. get some more time with them. Yeah. So if, if, if you want some good character moments and you, and you kind of miss your friends from the Avengers, you'll see them. Yeah, and uh, things will happen. But yeah. but if you want plot, this is not the movie for plot. It's, yeah, it's really no, terrible. no, it's they, real but yeah, but they just have to wrap everything up. But I don't know. So uh, what happens next? I mean, I guess it's Captain Marvel really going to take over, or what? What's the plan? So we we won't talk about what happens next because it's it's a, you can't do that without oh, no. getting this okay. we'll, we'll talk about what happened next on the next podcast. Then. So let's table um, let's table. Uh, Avengers for now. Yeah, but I, I also saw the two, and I saw the you long shot. You saw going what into the movie two? Detective Pikachu. Oh, you saw Pikachu. Pikachu. Was that good? Pikachu. I'm gonna see it next uh, week. It was. It was. Uh, I'll give it a, a hearty meh. <laughs> hearty meh. Yeah. What, Ryan Reynolds was not enough to get a little rice out of you. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, I'm a Ryan Reynolds fan, and Deadpool is is untouchable. That movie's great. But uh, I will tell you that Detective Pikachu showed me there can be too much Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I think I think there can be in certain situations too much Ryan Reynolds. Did he dress up like Green Lantern? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'd actually prefer to see a Deadpool Pikachu. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Pikachu. But uh, it's it's uh it's good. I, I wish I had a more connection to Pokemon than I do. But Abby loved it. My daughter loved it. Yeah. So uh, I I would say for the younger crowd, it's it's fantastic. My wife uh, tried to sleep a lot and and just couldn't. Um, oh really? And, yeah. And and for the most part, I thought it was cool. I think. Uh, Justice Smith, the the dude in the movie, is awesome. That dude is awesome because I don't know how you can act that well in a whole movie where you're basically acting against absolutely nothing because it's all CG. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he did an awesome job. That was he was awesome in the movie. The the girl not so much. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Ethan says when he goes to see it. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, but the long shot was better. That was a better movie, but uh, by far a different crowd. Uh, what was the long shot? That's the one where Seth Rogen hooks up with Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, where she's like president or president's advisor or something she's, like that? Or? Uh, she's trying to. She's Secretary of State. Oh, she Secretary wants to State. be president. Okay. Break it down! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that movie looks funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Awesome. Um, let's see. So, I was going to say, did you see Shazam? Shazam? Shazam! No, I didn't. Uh, okay, well, I, I missed, I we saw it. it, and I thought it was fun, but not as fun as I wanted it to be, if that makes That's sense. Bummer. So, it was fun, but it was everything I expected. You know how sometimes you, you're like, this movie's going to be great, and the movie's just good, but not great. It doesn't go that step above that. Um, so, basically, it, well, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I would I actually liked it better than Captain Marvel. Um just because he actually has a personality for some reason they, they denied <laughs> Captain Marvel a personality I don't know why it's like uh, you take Superman's powers you put them into a plank and you just toss it <laughs> in the sky that's kind of the way it feels like there's no oh, wow there's, okay there's like, no you know Ed, Ed and Eddie 
they have like plank. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Brie Larson. Wow. Okay. A plank. So um, let's see what else. Um, Endgame. We'll talk about that. Uh, we've been watching Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. And if you're very Christian, do not watch that show because that show <laughs> is that show was made by the founders of the Satanist cult in this country, man. She's a witch. <laughs> That, I know, I know, but it's like there's no... They don't soften the blow. Um, <laughs> everything is very in your face. Um, so, anyway, I guess um, that's all I'll say. If it's, I'm not going to spoil anything about Sabrina other than... It's it's very dark. It wants to be, like, kid-friendly, but it's also very dark in a way. So, I, I don't think it can be both. And sometimes I don't know if it makes up its mind whether it wants to be like a teen kind of movie or like an adult hardcore, we're starting a cult here kind of thing. <laughs> so, because it is it is both of those things at different times. You know, it's very innocent and very dark and macabre on, other, on, on the other end. So, uh, but it's good. I'm actually kind of hooked on that show. So, uh, does anybody want to talk about what they've been playing? I've been playing a crap ton of Days Gone. Oh, you're already playing that? That's the motorcycle game, right? No. Yep. Is it? No, I, that's not yeah. a motorcycle game. It's a zombie game, isn't it? Well, it, well you're both in luck, because it's <laughs> both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> Great. So I wish this game had more motorcycles. Well, it does. And I wish it had more zombies. Yes. Well, no, I technically it doesn't. They're, they're not zombies. So what, what's up with freakers. everybody ragging on that game, though? Like, GameSpot was ragging on that game. Like, so, IGN it was saying there's so many white people in that game. I mean, what? Gosh darn it. Cool. Always with the white people. Wait like, the, the zombies are light-skinned, and then somebody had to explain to them, but when you go to the, through the zombie side procedure and your skin loses all pigment, zombies look kind of white, but I guess people want zombies to be all kinds of racist, apparently. Okay, well, the zombies were supposed to be green. I, I guess. I don't know. They are kind of greenish. Like, okay. I don't... I don't. Maybe they're too... The light is the shade is too light, maybe. Well, I the don't fact know. that we're talking about this is very. They're stupid. also dirty, but they're also not zombies. They're oh, they're they're, not? they're no, they're not zombies. Yeah, they're they're zombies. people that have been affected by some sort of virus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's kind of like uh, it's a lot like I Am Legend, but instead of terrible CG vampires, they're mm -hmm. uh, they become. Um, what I'm looking for they're, they're, they're like they're wild they're and the the thing that the game does that I think is is awesome like that, this is probably I'm surprised more people aren't complaining about this rather than pigmentation mm -hmm. is there are uh, children and they are basically you know how uh, in any game when mm -hmm. you look at the enemies there are classes of enemies yeah one of the classes of enemy in this game is a child that would freak me out and it's messed up because they're small and they're a little faster and, and they're, they're a little more to, flexible. Yeah. And no, it's not that. It's that <laughs> uh, these freakers are smart in this game. They're not like zombies. They mm -hmm. are smart and they travel in herds. Uh, like well, 28 hordes. days later or something? Yeah, they have that rage thing like 28 days later. So there's a lot of that in there. That's yeah. for, that's probably the closest thing I would say. They're, they're more like 28 days later than actual zombies. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 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 newts is what they're called. The the children. They turn them into they newts. They actually, they're called they're called newts. <laughs> they yes, got, they got better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
they they get on the rooftops or like if you go by a gas station they'll be on like the awning you know and they'll stay on the top and wait for you and if you're hurt or you're weak they'll mm-hmm. jump down on you and and try to eat you oh but if not they just stay up there and you can hear them and you can see them it's freaky i really really want to play that game is that available for purchase on digital store too like direct digital purchase I only buy digital now. I, oh, really? I don't buy any okay. discs. Yeah, I've, I've been that way for this whole generation. Because I'm going to have to upgrade uh, my PlayStation. Digital. I've been playing a Thief's End. I, actually, I just finished a Thief's End a couple of days ago. Yeah, I Excellent. love those games. The problem is that my PlayStation is like the original PlayStation, I guess. Yeah, so you're not getting the 4K. and, and No, the, no, it's not about the 4K. The it sounds like times. a freaking vacuum cleaner, man. Oh, the fan. Yeah, yeah. No, no, the load times are actually fine. I don't have a complaint about anything except for like I have to pump up the volume because my PlayStation sounds like a vacuum cleaner. Like, eh, it sounds like the Spirit Airlines plane that we went got to go to California so, on. I, I don't want to so, steer too far past Days Gone, but... Did you stay for the post credit stuff in Thief's End? I watched through the whole credits. I didn't? Didn't I? Yes, I always watched through the credits on games. And then afterwards, me. there was more. You were somewhere else and you were playing as someone else? You're talking about the epilogue. Yeah. Yes, yes, I played through the epilogue. Okay. Don't want to get spoilery, but I just want to make sure you, you saw it and played through it. Yes. So I imagine that there may be a different character than in the future Uncharted games, or maybe he's going to partner with a different character. I hope they keep making them. I love that series. To me, that series is better than Tomb Raider, even though I also play the Tomb Raider games. Yeah. I think their story is better. Yeah. Um, 100%. By... There's, a, there's a bunch of different ways they can go. There, there's a lot of rumors uh, about whether they're going to continue with his brother. Mm-hmm. Or continue with possible offspring or whatever else they're gonna do. They, yeah, they, yeah. I want, uh, I want them to keep Drake's, going. Drake's story is done. We're, they're not gonna do any more Drake, no matter what. But okay. there are other opportunities to explore that world and mm-hmm. to bring it back full circle. They're saying the same thing about Days Gone. So Sony's put a lot of money into the the franchise already. They want this to be a franchise. Mm-hmm. So even though people are honking about. The, the best way I can describe Days Gone is is I was really disappointed when I first started playing it. And mm-hmm. that was before I read any of the reviews or anything because I was there day one. Okay. Uh, I've really been looking forward to this game. And I was really disappointed at first. But the more I play it, the more I really like the world. I really like the interactions with the actual people. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, in a lot of games where you have base building and... and um, community investments and those kind of things. Yeah, uh, kind of like Metal Gear 5. It's much smaller scale than those games tend to be, but mm-hmm. that's where all the writing is. So those interactions you have with people and, and you start caring about some of them. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think all of that brought me into the world. And if you could think of any of the open world games, like a prime example would be GTA. If any of you guys played any of the GTA games, mm-hmm. um, you can get sidetracked incredibly easy. And it gets to the point sometimes where you lose sight of the story because you're doing all these little side things here and there. Yeah. Um, that's basically what this game is. And that's why a lot of people are complaining. This game is primarily all of those side things. You're just doing side thing after side thing after side thing. But there is story in there. If, if you give yourself up to the world, the world is basically the story. And then there is an underlying story. There is a, a few underlying stories. There are some through lines and there's a lot of things there. I've put tens of hours into this game already I, I i can't even tell you how many hours i've put in but i know I've, i'm way beyond 30 hours into the game already wow and 
the crazy thing to me is I've still like every now and then will run into an enemy I didn't see before. I've never seen this kind of thing. Like there's a new class that I'm just seeing, or uh, I've I've gotten an ability to create a different kind of weapon, or you know these these things are are really cool to me. It's it's almost like if you put the, all those side missions together with the grinding that you get in something like Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you're you're basically grinding to upgrade your bike, to upgrade your your weapons, that kind of thing. But you get that through uh, raising your interactions with these camps that are set up. So you have to go out and do jobs for the camps, and that's where the grind is. Okay. I think the, the thing that is helping me more than those people out there that are saying this game is, is crap and they're pissed off about it mm-hmm. is I don't have a lot of time to play. So I can see if you sat there and played for 10 hours and didn't accomplish much, you could be kind of pissed off. But if I can get in and play for a few minutes here, a few minutes there, and I'm and I'm finishing missions that way. Yeah. I can finish a mission in like five minutes and then just keep go back in and doing more and more whenever I have a chance. I mean that it, to me it's 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 hitting every button for me. I, I really like the game. It's okay. really great. Yeah, I definitely want to play it, but you would recommend it then on the next generation PlayStation. Not next generation, but the upgraded the Pro basically, the PlayStation Pro. No, not necessarily. The only thing that I would I would be somewhat concerned I mean you know so I, I, the original PlayStation I had, I had a launch mm-hmm. PS4, and and I switched out the hard drives. One of the first things I did. Yeah. And I and I put it in a hybrid drive, so it did decrease my load times. And to be honest, I think that's where you're going to see the biggest difference. Um, the the 4K is great. Uh, don't get me wrong; it's awesome. The game is beautiful, um, and you'll probably have a lot less of the glitchy pop-ins and things like that if you're if you're on a beefier station like one of the newer ps4s but to be honest that's not not really what the game's about anyway um the other thing is it's a really stealthy game uh there are giant hordes when you fight your first set of like 20 or 30 freakers coming at you at once is Mm -hmm. pretty intense but when you see a group of hundreds Mm -hmm. like literally hundreds of them uh it it messes you up it's uh it's crazy and the game is incredibly slow to build to that and I think that's where another one of the complaints are. But, you know, I've gotten really inept at sneaking around and killing dozens of these things. Okay. But but when you see them in a group, like a river, literally, like a river moving, uh, <laughs> that's death. That's death on foot, and there's no <laughs> way around it. Uh, and, I, and I know there's some things that I'll be able to craft and some uh, upgrades that I'll be able to get down the road that'll make it all easier. But um, that's the end game. The end game for Days Gone is to tackle those hordes. It, does the performance hold up when there's hundreds? Yeah, there? literally, yeah, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, you can use those to your advantage too. So, and there are there's wildlife in the game too, and there is both regular and turned wildlife in the game. Uh-oh. Which it was dozens of hours in the game too before I found my first. There are wolves, and I've been killing wolves and getting meat, and you can funny. sell the meat for for money, but. The first time I was pulled off my bike by a, a freaker wolf was nuts. <laughs> and, and there are bears in the game. I haven't seen a freaker bear yet, but I'm sure they're there somewhere. Um, the 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 performance is, is unreal because there was one time I was sneaking up on a group of bandits. And usually that's the name of the game. You, you use uh, foliage to your advantage or, or rocks or buildings or anything to try to sneak up behind people and basically shank them. Um, but you, you can go in guns blazing and, and 
I mean, uh, ammo is kind of sparse, but not to the point where you have a problem getting it back. It's just in a firefight, it becomes intense. Um, the best thing to do is sneak up, be stealthy through this whole game. But uh, I was coming up on a group of bandits, and one of those hordes was close by. I could hear it. So I threw what they call a... I think they call it an attractor. I can't remember. There's something you can throw that basically is like a radio. Okay. And so I, and usually that's what I do when there's a big group. I'll throw one of those things, and then as soon as they come all around, I'll either throw a grenade or a bunch of Molotovs and take them all out while they're congregating. But what I did for this group was basically just threw that radio in the middle of all these bandits, <laughs> and then I just ran like 50 feet away and just hid in the bushes and waited. And that whole river of freakers just moved through and plowed all of them down. Like, you could hear the gunshots go on and on for probably like two minutes. And after a while, there's like one guy, you just hear this random bang, bang. And then all of a sudden, that was gone too. Oh, and, no. then, and then afterward, I like I waited a minute and then I went in and just basically looted all the bodies. They were all dead. That's brutal, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's the best and, and that's. That's Not the cool. whole point. Yeah, glad when you think that stuff through and you can play the game like that, and it's mm -hmm. true with the wildlife too. You can use the the bears and the and the wolves to your advantage like that too. It's to me all that stuff is really awesome. Cool. So what happens if you crash the motorcycle? Uh, you can you get um, scrap that you can get from vehicles that are dead on the road. There's been a long time of this. There's been years. So uh, there's a lot of wrecked vehicles and abandoned buildings and all kinds of stuff all over the place and you can get scrap and you can use that scrap to repair your bike or you can just take your bike every one of the um the settlements there's not a lot like right now i'm deep in the game and i've only got three but they all have a mechanic that mechanic will refuel you and repair your bike and you can buy upgrades from those camps also uh, okay that sounds awesome. I do want to play that game. I may actually get that game before too long. Uh, well, yeah, the, the, the video that Ethan is playing on the bottom of the screen, the, the last little smaller box, mm -hmm. they showed a screamer in there, which is that thing. The, that, that screamer, I literally just saw that like a few days ago. And like I said, I'm tens of hours if into this game. And that freaked me out. I'm like, what the hell? There's, all of a sudden, there's this new thing that's making all of them come at me. Yeah. It's kind so of like the awesome. Screamer and Seven Days to Die, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly what it is. Cool. But you can very easily sneak up on it and shank it in the back. You just have to be careful. Once it sees you, it's it's curtains. Okay, cool. It's good stuff. So tangentially, are we going to get The Last of Us on this generation PlayStation? Or is it going to be on the next generation? Uh, my opinion is going to be a dual release. I think... It will come out on this generation. It will come out probably the end of this year. Um, but I think that they're either going to... The, the next PlayStation is going to be backwards compatible, so you'll be able to play in that anyway. But I think there are going to be some upgrades to the point where they might release a different version okay. on the PS5 when it comes out. But it looks like uh, Ghost of Tsushima and that game... And, and probably the new uh, Hideo Kojima game also, Death Stranding. Probably all three of those are going to be the curtain call for PS4. I, I don't think necessarily those are going to be pushed on. Okay. And then I imagine the PS5 is going to have all kinds of backwards compatible stuff. 
Yeah, it's fully backwards I mean, compatible. Five. They've already announced it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And and they're also putting ray tracing in and and some of the newer PC upgrades that, that have gone into laptops and desktops. They're building that already into the PS5. Okay. Is so there's four thinking on it. Is Microsoft keeping up or what are they doing? Uh, yes, Microsoft is keeping up. They still are towing the line. This is getting into inside baseball, but they're, they're still towing the line with uh, the most powerful console uh, on the market. They're, mm-hmm. they're still pushing that line, even though PS5 kind of mm-hmm. stepped on their toes a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they are sort of uh, pushing even harder for what they tried to do last generation with they just released a discless Xbox mm-hmm. and they're pushing more for that digital future and they're locking down even more. They just bought another company um, recently and I'm blanking. I didn't write it down, um, but they just bought another man. It's some, uh, Oh, uh, the surgery, not the, the, the two point hospital. Is that what it's called? Not surgery. The, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a big game on steam. They just recently purchased that company. So, Microsoft is is going all in on buying these indie developers now that they're they're banking on that. Well, they did they did buy Mojang or you know Minecraft people, so I mean that was definitely a strong move for them. I think a stronger move was what Ethan was telling me that they don't interject too much with them. They let them do their thing and let the people who know how to do it do it, stay out of their way. But I guess keep collecting on the revenue, right? Well, their new. Their new strategy goes even further along that same path, mm-hmm. where now they're basically putting Xbox on everything. It's it's going to be available on any tablet or phone or anything at this point. So, oh, okay. they're, yeah, they're they're taking that same hands-off approach and actually opening up to different platforms. So, you, Xbox Live will be available through an app on just about anything, which to me is kind of crippling their console sales. But yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's not really their strategy anymore. So I think they, them, and PS5 are going to kind of. It'll be funny when those things come out, just to see what kind of strategies they actually make. Yeah, because Xbox has been losing this console, you know, battle. So it, it it may pay them to diversify into the PC. I just hope that they get a better app for the PC, a better store, and they open up their source so they can be modding. It's ridiculous to have games on the PC without allowing people to mod them. I don't. I think that's stupid. But, well, and I think uh, I think Microsoft's strategy in that respect is pretty poor, also, just because how can Microsoft at this point come back into the PC marketplace when you have Epic and Steam battling it out? And I mean, Microsoft is kind of yeah, yeah. I don't they're, know. They're, they're, they've already lost the console war, and they seeded the PC war a long time ago. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see basically how the strategy is going to play out. Yeah, I think they can come back. I think, I think they're going to come back through tablets, to be honest. I think if you can uh, play all of your Xbox games using a tablet and a Bluetooth controller, then you can play anywhere. Play any of your games anywhere. And It'll as be long the as they Xbox can strengthen... <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the whole thing, is they actually are putting live on Switch. Mm. So they're, they're partnering with Nintendo and actually putting live on Switch. And then also they're, move to partner with they're Nintendo, branching yeah. that out so that you can actually get Xbox achievements on some of the Switch games, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah, they, they know that they've lost the war and now they're just trying to get as much money as they can using any ally they can get in bed with. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, okay. Well, let's let, uh, let's see, Ethan, Cito and Candyman, have you guys been playing anything of note lately? 
Uh, I got uh, a notification about a game that was uh, 100% off really? for a little bit. Yeah. And it's called Divide by Sheep. What? Yeah. And uh, it was one of those games made by the Tiny Build developers. For also the people who made uh, the Hello Neighbor game. Okay. Among yeah. other things. And it looks like it was designed to be an app game on like the phone. Mm-hmm. But it works for the PC. Okay. So basically you have a bunch of sheep on platforms in the ocean <laughs> and you have to launch them onto a life raft <laughs> but the little islands that they're on only have room for a certain amount of sheep so like if the island's full and you start throwing more sheep they're just gonna bounce off and drown in the water Oh. so the idea of the game is that you have to get a certain amount of sheep onto the raft like specifically you can't go over or under is that sanitary? <laughs> yeah but then there's other stuff like wolves that eat the sheep and lasers that cut them in half <laughs> just random lasers yeah it gets exciting and it's actually kind of difficult because everything's better with lasers right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool yeah and uh, um, anything else? Well, I haven't started playing it yet, but oh. I got the Stalker game, the first one. Is that the Russian thing? Yeah. I've heard about it. It's kind of yeah. like a first-person shooter, where you're going through a, like an irradiated zone or something? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the FCP sort of thing. So it's like a bunch of weird monsters that are living inside of a zone that's full of anomalies. Yeah, kind of like There's Chernobyl. Like, yeah. And it's in Russia, and basically there's like a lot of hidden treasures there, so you play as one of the people treasure hunting in the zone. Okay. And try not to get eaten by crazy guys. That sounds kind of interesting. Sounds a little bit like Metro, I guess. In a way. Okay, maybe Did you ever play any of the fear games? I played one uh, briefly, but I thought that the combination of Scary Girl with Military Tactics was, I don't know, it didn't quite do it for me, the genre of it. But, Stalker uh, always gave me the fear vibe, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what Ethan thinks. I think I've even got that in my collection, but I never got around to it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, I did play it for a little bit, but then I, I kind of got sidetracked with other games. Yeah. Candyman, do you want to talk about anything you were playing right now? Yeah, so I uh, I picked up Risk of Rain too. Um, it was there was a little sales like twenty percent off. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I had bought it when it first came out on Steam because they did a buy one get one free. But uh, it's a roguelike. It's uh, kind of a. I guess it's kind of like a third-person shooter you have like a little hero and there's like different classes that you can get and basically you you run around and you shoot things and there's it's kind of like a kind of like an old-school um, you know like Nintendo game where you kind of run around and you get power-ups and like it's it's all randomized though so there's like little boxes that you, you get money for killing things and those little boxes you pop open and they have random power-ups in them 
And so you run around the level and kill stuff and get power-ups, and then you have to find a portal. And when you find the portal, it spawns a bit. You open it, and it spawns a boss. And then there's, like, a, a kind of a big boss fight. And then if you beat it, you get, like, another item, and then you can take the portal to the next level. And basically, it's timed... And, like, every minute the difficulty goes up, so you're basically kind of rushing around, like, trying to get get enough power-ups to be able to take out the boss and then quickly move on to the next level. This and it's, like it's pretty fun. I mean, it's it's only, like, it's a $20 game. I got it for 20% off, so it was, like, 16 bucks. But and as you do accomplish, you know, as you do achievements, basically it unlocks other classes. So like after you play it a few times, you'll have more classes to play. And there's just like kind of different styles. You start as like the soldier, and then you can get like a huntress, and then you get like a can be like a robot with a like kind of like this uh, mech kind of robot with like a chain gun, and you know, various various heroes. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. I actually do have it on my wish list. Now that you mention it. I was kind of looking at it. It looks really cool. It looks like it'd be kind of addicting, too. Yeah, it's a simple game. I mean, if you do really well, like, the first time, it was funny, the best game I played was with a friend, and, like, the very first game was our best game, really. And, it, like, if you play really well, you can go for about an hour or so before you get overpowered, and then if you screw up, you can die pretty quick. But, but no, in general, it's just kind of a simple game. You know, if you don't have too much time to burn, you can just kind of, you know, like, if you have an hour to, to burn... You can just kind of jump in and and mess with it. It's it's a simple game, but it's not expe- you know it's not like a super exciting game. It's also early access, so there's still a lot of stuff to come for it. Okay, cool. Sounds awesome. Let me see what else. Does anybody want to talk about another game, or are we good to tran- transition to the new segment? I think we're good. We're good. Okay. So before we go to a new segment uh, on the podcast, I will actually I'm about to interview Dwayne Moore from uh, DM Double Games. So that's going to be in here after that. After his interview, it will be the new segment. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me, Dwayne. Uh, no, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, no problem. So how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How have you been doing? Good, good. I got a great day today in Houston. You guys got this great weather over there in San Antonio? <laughs> I haven't actually did a lot of looking outside yet today. Oh, really? Have you been working? <laughs> uh, slightly, yeah. Um, working on a, another game besides surviving the game. And so I've been working on that a little bit. Okay, good, good. Well, I guess we can start then, right? Yeah, I'm ready. Where you are? So, yeah, I have, a, I have a list of questions. So, first of all, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what uh, your history with gaming, basically. When did you get a passion for it? And what made you start making games? Uh, I want to say, I can't remember when I didn't have a passion for gaming. I say gaming, but uh, I'm talking about since the first time I played any kind of game, like uh, whether it had been cards or dominoes. I mean, like I literally used to play like spades with adults when I was in elementary school. Uh-huh. Uh, even though there was those adults that didn't like kids playing, I thought I was decently good at it personally. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes we think we're better at things than we actually are. Um, but that kind of just transcended over time. Uh, played card games, you know, the older board games. Uh, and I'm, I've collected comic books most of my life, so sooner or later I found my way into a hobby store. Yeah. And I saw more advanced games. My mother, my mother also always loved garage sales. So I used to see like Avalon Hill games. Oh, so yeah. I picked up 
a few of them over the time. Um, and I just I like strategy, and I'm an artist to some extent, so I like creating stuff. Okay, good. So, game the more the more in depth game just fascinated me and just pulled me in, and I just my the interest just kept growing over time. Um, so from that, I also came into like RPGs and stuff, and so did some judging and dungeon mastering of different RPGs, Marvel superheroes. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I think I played a game called Champions. Okay. I'm not familiar with Champions per se. I don't think I've played it. Okay. Yeah, it was just it was one. It was an RPG system. Uh, it, I mean, I don't. It may not have been big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I went to the uh, I went to the game stores or, uh, or hobby stores at the time, uh, and. Like we looked through, I was big into superheroes, so I like to look through different things. We we tried different game systems. In the end, I think our favorite game systems back then, which was like um, back then, meaning what decade? Are you talking late seventies, early eighties, mid eighties? Uh, I'm thinking like about twenty plus years ago, not okay. quite thirty years ago. Okay, okay, got you. So you're talking well, maybe no, about twenty to thirty years ago. So, uh, yeah, our favorite game systems back then was Marvel Superheroes and uh-huh. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. What edition of Dungeons and Dragons were you playing? Um, I don't actually remember. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, so the original. It wasn't the second edition. It was uh, the very first one, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah Advanced after, dun- after the basic Dungeons and Dragons, Advanced Dungeons and okay. Dragons. Yeah. Okay, got you. So I'm not sure what edition that was actually considered. I actually, I really did like 2.5 though. I know I like 2.5. The 2.5 meaning second, I guess somewhere between second edition and three, third edition. Or I'm sorry, I said 2.5. Maybe it's called 3.5. Oh yeah, I don't three, know. 3.5 is what later became Pathfinder, I think. Yes, 3.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah 3.5. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was actually happy with 3.0, and I was extremely happy with 3.5 after they, you know, decided to update. You know, fill in all the little errata or whatever uh, flesh it out a little bit more I thought 3.5 was a solid system yeah um, yeah I, I stopped during advanced and I came back during 3.5 okay and tell me more about the Marvel superheroes what draws you into that universe uh, well I've always liked superheroes and comic books I mean uh, before I was big in the games I was big in the superheroes but I've always liked the realism of the Marvel Universe. Okay, so you're more of a Marvel guy rather than DC, right? Right. I, I mean, I, just DC characters I like. Mm-hmm. I like the ones who have more down-to-earth stories. Okay, so like, for example, which ones? Like, maybe like Punisher or Daredevil or something like that? Or? Oh, well, no, well, I mean, DC-wise, I like the ones that have more down-to-earth stories. Oh, DC, stories. DC, okay, okay. Marvel-wise, I pretty much like almost all of them. Oh, okay. you have any favorite ones? Uh, oh, my favorite characters, uh, that would be... Uh, Black Panther, Namor, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, I'm looking at my bookshelf and just looking at the ones I know I like. Okay. Them all. <laughs> how how do you feel that they're treating Hawkeye nowadays on the screen? I mean, I know he didn't get a. Was he even in the last uh, Avengers movie? I don't think I saw him on it. Right? Not the one that just came uh, out, but the previous one. Actually, I don't think he was when I think about it. But I haven't. I'm, I'm about, after I'm, this interview, I'm actually gonna go head over to see the End Game. So I. I don't know if he's going to be in it or not. I, I saw him in the preview, so okay. I know he's in. Okay, cool. He is a cool character. I do like characters that are uh, mortal. 
and, yeah. and very fallible and but also they have such a technical high skill you know uh, and right, I, yeah. I, I gravitate towards archers like I like Green Arrow and obviously Hawkeye would be somebody that I like to I actually love Jer- Jeremy Renard I think he does a really good job um, I, I kind of want like a standalone Hawkeye movie I don't know I think that would be cool. yeah yeah I, I would actually really like that uh to be honest, that's kind of the same reason I'm a Hawkeye fan. Uh, I was originally a Robin Hood fan, so yes, I like Green Arrow also. Yeah, yeah. And Hawkeye was just automatic. But then the more I've read his, like, seen his comic book character, mm-hmm. he, he's just a really interesting character. And it's it's interesting to me because I'm, I'm more of a laid-back personality, and I was always quieter when I was younger, but I like volatile characters. Uh-huh. And before he became the leader of the West Coast Avengers in the comic books, Hawkeye was really volatile or... I mean, he used to be a bad guy, so he wasn't like he—he uh, he wasn't always the nicest character. I was not aware of that because I'm not—I don't know too much about Hawkeye, so I had no clue that he was—that uh, he was not a, like I guess a goody little two shoes. So he started what as a double agent or something. Well, uh, comic book wise, uh, originally, I, actually, more I think about it, I don't remember reading the story. I remember reading about the story. I'm almost positive. And I hadn't even thought about the fact, but I'm almost positive originally Black Widow convinced him to fight Iron Man in the comics. I could be wrong. Huh. But, like, because Black Widow was originally a bad guy also. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure his his introduction in the comics was him and Black Widow possibly facing Iron Man. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought about it being Iron Man. Okay. Uh, so that series of conversations that they have in the first Avengers movie when they're talking about the past... They're talking about whenever yeah. they were up to no good, you know, fighting yeah. good guys, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, I know there's a Black Widow uh, movie coming up, and I'm kind of excited about it. I mean, more than kind of, I actually like the subject matter. So. Oh, yeah, no, I, I like the idea, too. Now, I can see that if they do a Black Widow movie, that it pretty much makes sense that it would be Black Widow and Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they kind of do a Hawkeye, and then one where they kind of meet, and they start doing stuff together. I think that's cool. Uh, I think that that kind of gray line of the hero not being like truly a hero, but just being a human being in the gray area, and then yeah. the journey as they find what they're going to become, I think that to me is is enticing. Uh, right, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. Uh, I actually really like the, uh, the TV show Smallville, and uh-huh. my character actually on it was Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the actor was really good, too. That I, I forget the name of the actor, but he was really good. Yeah, um, I, I I liked. Um, I mean, I, uh, I liked the superhero, Superman character, okay, but like when you meet him, mm-hmm. except for he, the fact that he's nerdy, he's already this perfect person to some extent. Yeah, yeah, he's already superior nice to humans, right? And <laughs> you know, he doesn't do. He tries to never do anything wrong. I felt like he was doing things wrong, but he was he was trying to always do things perfect. Yeah, uh, and he was doing a good job of whereas Lex when they introduce him it feels like he's trying to do the right thing but he's mm-hmm. human so he keeps doing the wrong thing or people don't like what he chooses to do yeah or they criticize him or they always assume yeah. that he's a bad guy and he's not he's trying he actually has a good heart and then at some point I think he gives up and says you know everybody's putting me in this box I might as well be that person I guess right so. yeah that, that was that was kind of how I, I, I felt he, he progressed myself yeah yeah I think I did see every single episode of Smallville <laughs> <laughs> I've seen every single episode of Smallville a few times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're, you're above and beyond the Call of Duty there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start steering the conversation back towards you. So, you can you give me your your name and your company's name. 
Oh, my name is Dwayne Moore, uh, and my company is DM Double Games. And when did you find when did you found uh, DM Double Games? Uh, I I would say I founded DM Double Games uh, about a year ago. Oh yeah, okay. And are the other games that you made or do they fall under DM Double Games, or were they just what you were trying to do kind of freelance before you've you made this company? Well, so this is my first game. Surviving the game is my first game. I have other projects I'm working on, uh -huh. um, but it that uh, surviving the game is my first game. Okay, and can you give us a little synopsis about what surviving the game? I mean, I played it, but I want to, you know. Right, no, I totally understand. Yeah. Yes, um, so uh, surviving the game is set on a game show in uh, the not so f distant future. Uh, it's it's a, it's a sorry. Game show was created by a company who uh, used to have a contract with the government to build, uh, build and train forms of super soldiers, uh, cyborgs, uh, enhanced people. Uh, they lost their contract. Uh, they got in trouble with the government, uh, and before they went bankrupt, they took one last ditch effort to make a game show uh, where people are enhanced and they fight through an obstacle course that used to be the training grounds for the agents. Okay. Uh, and as a player, you take on the role of one of these people that has decided to play through this training course. But the training course isn't friendly in any way, shape, or form. I can attest to that. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, and it's actually a lethal training course. So I mean, you could potentially survive, and if you're the winner, you get paid, or you could just, or if you you could, you could potentially survive and get paid. Or potentially survive and win and get paid more, or you could potentially not survive at all. Okay, but this is not a game show. This is essentially a military training course. Yes, it's a military training course uh, that they've made into a game show. Oh, so it is a game show. It just they made it okay. And so, what happens to the person that wins the game? Do they get a contract or something? Uh, they they get notoriety. They get notoriety. Uh, they get paid more than the people who don't win, um, but also uh, the fact that you've won the game show, you've also been enhanced now. Mm -hmm. Like if you potential, if you had a goal, like say mercenary or something else, you could potentially get a job with almost anyone in the world because now you have survived this ultimate game, uh, this ultimate uh, challenge game course. Uh, you survived this ultimate challenge and prove that you have skills beyond the average person. Okay. But what if you get killed during the game? Is that like real? Do those characters die, or do they just get rebooted, or how does that work? No, they die. Okay, so basically, you either survive the game, or you are no longer in the program. You're gone. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah. It's kind of a um, it, it's kind of a uh, gruesome gruesome thing, I guess. I'm not sure what we're I think of right now. Uh, it it kind of so like the store the game actually. Uh, before I made the game, I was attempting comics as like a lot of comic fans have. So mm -hmm. the story behind it is more based on other stories I had you know created for comic books that I haven't actually done. Okay. Um, and so basically, the company was a semi it was a, a rather crooked company to begin with. So before they created the game show. They weren't like nice people, and that's the reason they lost their government contract. Oh, I see. Okay. What they were doing, but 
because they know things that you know the government doesn't want people to know mm-hmm. remit doesn't actually stop them from doing the game show and unfortunately the show is actually popular because sometimes people don't mind seeing things that shouldn't be shown yeah yeah exactly so since the show is popular enough it continues uh but yeah that's kind of the the premise of it okay so the premise was born out of your desire to make a comic book is that right yeah it was it was born from a comic book idea i had yes and were you both writer and illustrator or do you write on somebody illustrates or how does that work oh well that no that's the thing it was literally just an idea okay, uh, okay. yeah uh so you know i used to like draw character i drew drawn a lot of the characters myself just you know like the character not actually like a comic book. i've started comics a few times yeah um but a comic book is a long process uh, I mean, not that a game isn't, uh-huh. but um, the, creating a game is far more engaging to some extent than creating a comic book for me, mm-hmm. uh, because I guess a game, you only have to technically create it once. A comic mm-hmm. book, uh, well, and since I, originally I was doing it by myself, it would have it been like, I write it, yeah. I, write it I ink it, and I color it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of process there. And then... I've got to, you know, I've, I need to write multiple stories, and writing the story, it, it takes more time than it, you know, it takes more time to write a story than to read it. <laughs> it's the reality of the thing. And so, like, I've actually started writing another story about one of my characters, and I don't know how far I'm into it, but, like, I, I, it, took, it was taking a while just to write the story about one of my characters. Mm-hmm. So then I would have had to go back and to draw it, ink it, and color it, and doing it by myself is not the optimal way to do it yeah it would take a long time and are, are there some of the characters in this game are they based directly on characters that you wrote uh yes um so the only ones that are actually based on it are the alphas or the bosses that you fight uh at the later parts of the game mm-hmm. i'm not sure i don't think y'all actually got that far before uh i don't like think i actually that far tears or something i think i don't think we got I don't know if anybody got to fight the fourth tier, but uh. yeah, the uh, well, <laughs> I don't remember his name. The person who was winning, he got to the fourth tier, <laughs> but that was where he died. Was that Ethan, my son? Maybe. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ethan, Ethan got to the fourth tier. He didn't voluntarily get to the fourth tier. Then <laughs> <laughs> we run out of cards on the third tier. Is that why he had to go to the fourth tier? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he got the trap on the third tier that pushed him to the fourth tier. Okay. It was good. For because he was about to blow y'all all up, but yeah, no kidding. Oh yeah, he got forced to the fourth tier. I remember now. That's how we survived. Okay, so can you yeah. talk a little bit about the mechanics of the game? How does it play? Because we haven't really talked about that specifically. Okay, so uh, I call it a survival deck builder. Um, I got uh, to some extent the idea from playing multiple uh, deck builder games, and I realized that they all use very similar mechanics. Um. And since they used similar mechanics making a deck builder, uh, it was kind of universal that people would understand how it works. Uh, it wasn't like I had to really sit down and find a particular system or the mechanics of the game because they were universal. Mm-hmm. So um, the way the game works is you start off building a deck. Uh, you buy a character. Uh, you buy a character, and all there are three different character types. There's cyborgs, there's biogenes, and there's soldiers. 
soldiers are normal people that use weapons um, and, and armor and, and items, uh, cyborgs use cybernetics. Biogenes are basically enhanced beings. Uh, they either were born with powers or were experimenting on given powers. You choose your character type uh, and you start buying cards uh, to enhance your, your deck of cards. It's a deck builder. Yeah. Uh, the item, the cards you buy are either cybernetic cards that do special things, weapons that do damage. Uh, you buy stuff to basically protect you and do damage, or to heal you. That's okay. that's what the cards in your deck do. The character you buy will give you your health and tell you how much health you have. So you need to uh, pay attention to that and make sure it never gets too low. If it gets to zero, you're out. Okay. Um, uh, uh, aside from buying cards to build your deck, there is an area that's called the game. Uh, it's basically the obstacle course you go through. It. There's um, there are five stacks of cards. Uh, you move your character on the stacks of cards, and every time you move to one from one level to the other, you have to flip a card. If you stay still, you still have to flip a card on your turn. You have to flip a card, and each yeah. card has an opponent, an obstacle underneath it. Obstacle will have health and damage usually. Yes, no, they always have health and damage. The obstacles, will, except for the traps. I'm sorry. They all have health and damage unless it's a trap. There are three traps in the game that just give you an effect that actually force you to move to another level, either forward or backwards. Gotcha. Everything else has health and damage. Uh, if you if your hand generates enough damage, then usually you don't take damage yourself. If you can't generate enough damage to overcome the obstacle then it will deal its damage to you uh that's basically the premise of it uh each level is harder than the level before it you can move up and down levels you don't uh, once you get to a level you don't have to stay unless at the beginning of your turn there's an obstacle revealed already because if your opponent doesn't defeat an obstacle or if you fight an obstacle and you don't defeat it it stays revealed and no one can pass through that area until they defeat that obstacle okay and then how do you win the game? Oh, so as you're as you're defeating obstacles, the first level obstacles doesn't give you any victory points. But after the first level obstacles, every every level after that will give you a certain amount of victory points that are also uh, money that go to your deck. So they're victory points, but they also help you buy stuff as you go along. Um, so um, they also help you buy stuff as you go along. So. Uh, every time you defeat something, you you will get uh, an extra card that's money and victory points. And at the end of the game, if everyone alive, then you all count up victory points to see who has the most. Uh, if you're the last person left alive, then you just win. You count. Wins. Okay. Uh, and the fourth level, if you clear the fourth, once the fourth level clears, the game ends. Once so. once the fourth level is clear, the game ends. Yes. It's there. The, but there's a fifth tier, right? The f oh, yes, you're right. The fifth, the fifth tier is actually the exit. Oh, it uh, is. okay. I guess we never got there, so I never got to see what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you get to the fifth tier, uh, you fight one thing. If you beat it, you leave. Now, if you don't beat it and it doesn't kill you, you're still there and it's still there, and you still have to keep fighting it. But oh. once you beat anything on the fifth level, you automatically exit and you get eight victory points. Okay, so there could potentially, like you say, like everybody could survive the game, but then after that, there can only be one winner. Right, and so yeah, if if you exit the game, then you go ahead, you get to go ahead and count your victory points. You don't have to fight anything else. Usually, by the time someone exits the game, the game is almost over. So it's not like you know you're going to be sitting there forever waiting for everybody else to exit because everybody else at that point should either be close to dying or exiting. 
Yeah, because every time you finish a tier of cards, you're forced to go to the next tier. So everybody's kind of being ushered through. Like you have to move up. You don't. You don't have the luxury of staying put, basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. You. You don't. You don't get to hang around. I mean, there's been players that try to hang around at the back as long as possible. And that, that's the other thing I like about the game is there's multiple strategies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can fo- push forward really fast, and if you're doing well, then you start amassing victory points, and it forces people to follow you. And also cards, right? I mean, because the more monsters you defeat, the more money you get, right? And you get more cards, you get to buy more yes. cards. Yes. But there's also been people who've just hung and waited uh, while everybody else went forward and they built up their deck or they tuned their deck to a point where it would work the way they wanted it to and then they rushed forward. Oh, okay. And that's worked also. And sometimes you hang back there and someone else just gets too many victory points you can't catch up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's pretty much the gist of it. Huh? It's uh, it's actually a really fun game. I, I enjoy playing it. Um, I find it specifically attractive the way that you make your deck and the way that you choose between three classes, and then how you choose to build your deck is you can find cards that synergize both with your specific class, and after you have those cards, you can also there's also some cards in different classes that can also synergize with your character, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I tried to make it where all the classes work together. You definitely want to buy cards from your class, mainly. Mm-hmm. But I also found, like, for example, I was playing the Cyborg, and I found that I was buying some stuff that worked for me, but I also wanted to do a little bit more damage, but I was I was also looking into buying some guns from, like, the Soldier class or something, like, just to, like, complement what my other abilities were, to have to be able to deal more damage in a, in a single hand, basically. Right, yeah, and that was the, uh, the plan for the game is that everybody was going to need to buy weapons. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy a lot of weapons, and if you're not a soldier, you don't want to buy a lot of weapons. But you need to buy at least some weapons because the weapons consistently do damage. The other cards and the different other uh, types don't consistently do damage to some extent. They do enough damage to get you by on like level 1 and 2. Yeah. But after level 2, if you don't have weapons or you haven't found one of the cards in your class that actually literally does damage, then you're probably going to die. Yep. That's, I was seeing that I was getting towards the fourth tier and I'm like, man, I don't have enough damage output here. I, right. Yeah. I, you know, and, and that's something that you play and you play several times and then you start learning how to build a deck. Um, it's, it's a game that it's, it's, I think, simple to learn, but then it takes a while to master is what I'm trying to get at in the sense that you start learning how to put the different combinations of cards but there's right, also yes. a, a certain random aspect of which cards are available at the beginning of the game right is are there some like that are face up randomly yes so the uh uh the game has gone through some like d- design change but uh the final version has there are three cards that always to uh, the uh once you get into the game and you're, you're facing obstacles there are three cards in each t- class that are always available for the most part mm-hmm. and there are consistent cards and then each class has a stack of better cards that are randomized yeah so a stack is shuffled and one of the cards is available on level two uh when you get to level three there'll be two cards available in each class um each class level four there'll be three cards and it stays at just three cards, and unlike the other sta- uh, other cards that are originally available, those the original three cards are available in stacks of ten. Uh, the cards that become available over time are just one ofs. Okay. They may be one in that deck, but 
you only like once you buy it, no one else can buy it unless it comes back up. Okay, so there's that other coming back to strategy. I saw that there was a strategy to like maybe counter pick somebody, like buying a card from somebody else's uh, specialty, specialization, I guess, to try to block them from not getting that card. For example, like a grenade, and you don't want them to use it against you, but you also want to be able to use it. So you can counter pick the grenade yeah. and not have them pick it up, and then you, you get the weapon and they don't get the weapon. Right, yeah, that that, that kind of works, but that's more of a limited option simply because um, any card you buy is going to your deck. So if it doesn't help you, then it's just an extra card in your way. Yeah, but yeah, sure. It, yeah, exactly. But by the same token, if it's a really good card, yes, you definitely want to buy it if it's somebody else's class because it's going to help you. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the more cards you buy, the more cards you're going to have in your hand. So I guess you have to streamline your deck in a way that it, it functions correctly. I guess similarly, I don't know if you played Magic the same way that you build a deck in Magic. Yes, you, yeah, yes, want. I have played Magic. Because a lot of people, you know, if you look at some of the decks from the from like the championship people, they, they repeat a lot of cards. And they're not necessarily super complex cards. They're like mostly commons, you know, and they just put four of those in their deck so that basically it creates a consistency within the deck where you're always drawing the same type of thing to synergize. Otherwise, if you put too many things in your deck, it's not going to synergize and it'll take you forever to for your strategy to work, right? Right. Yeah, that's kind of the basic principle. You want to uh, get cards that are going to consistently help you uh, in a certain way. For the most part, you want cards that are going to consistently give you damage. And if you get cards that synergize properly, like, say, the Claws and Bio-Strength, mm -hmm. uh, Claws in the game do 20 damage. Uh, Bio-Strength does 10 damage on its own, but uh, it will add 20 damage to unarmed, an, an unarmed combat card or a weapon card. Claws are a Bio-Tech card that is also a weapon card. Okay. So you play Bio-Strength first, and then you play Claws. Claws can potentially do you 40 damage because you it synergizes with Bio-Strength. Okay, so you have to you know play the game, learn which cards kind of go together, yes. and start formulating a strategy. There was also another. I think it was the, was it the medkit. There was a, a card that lets you get rid of some cards in your deck, so you can fine tune it a little bit more. Yeah, and and that's the, that's the best way to fine tune your deck. Uh, there's a first aid kit in the beginning of the game. There is uh, there are five turns where you're just buying from a limited resource to pair to fight stuff, uh, and there's a first aid kit there. After you start actually fighting things there's a med kit uh and those are the only two cards originally or always available or originally available mm -hmm. but there are two other cards one uh there's a biotech card called regeneration that also does that it, either you can heal 40 health or you can destroy two cards uh in your deck or in your hand or discard pile uh and um Cyborgs have a cybernetic card called System Repair that will either that lets you heal ten damage or destroy a card in your your hand or discard pile, and then you repeat that process two more times. So okay. you can, in some kind of combination, heal up to thirty damage or destroy up to three cards in your hand or discard pile. Okay, so you can eventually just tailor your deck the way you want it. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to buy too many cards that aren't going to be useful to you. Uh, but by the same token, when you get get a card that destroys cards, you want to get rid of the cards that are no longer useful to you. Okay. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that, so you have three three different classes. I played the cyborg. I know how the soldier operates. They got a, a lot of weapons, right? Cyborg has like some enhancements that you can use with your basic attacks. And then the biogene is one that I didn't get to play with so much. But uh, can you explain a little bit more about the biogene? It seems like an interesting character class. You just don't. I didn't fully understand it because I didn't get to play with it. I didn't get to play. Right. With it. No, I, I totally understand. Uh, so the biogene, um, for the most part, the uh, the biogene and the cyborg card wise are extremely similar. Um, both of both classes have cards that enhance other things uh they either draw you cards uh heal you uh make something else you have do more damage uh and each class also has something that has a high damage output it has like one or two cards in their in their pile that do have a high damage output but um the real difference between the classes to some extent or real difference between cyborgs and biogenes are actually on the character card when you choose your character class. Uh, each card has, each character class has effects when you play cards of their color. So the mm -hmm. cyborg, every time you play a cybernetic card, it will uh, give you plus 10 damage. Yes, I remember that. And the th when you play the third one, it's plus 10 damage and draw a card. Um, now, in the game, after you play the third one on a turn, no, no, no more of the cards give you any bonus effects. They just do what the card says. Yeah. Well, so the biogene is draw based. So the first card, bi uh, first uh, biotech card a biogene plays does a plus ten damage, but the second one draws them a card. Okay. And the third one does plus ten damage and draws them and a card. A card. Okay. So. So yeah, they're a really uh, they have draw power. So they can snowball pretty much. If you get a bunch of cards in a row, you can just keep playing cards, kind of. Yeah, they have the. They can. Um, they can synergize better than any other deck simply because it's easier for them to get the cards they need to synergize with. Gotcha. But then they don't have the firepower that the soldier has, for example, right? Like all those. Weapons. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the uh, uh, the cyborg has staying power. Um, the the biogene has access to its cards, and the soldier has firepower. Like the so, uh, also, uh, I guess it's just important to say that these characters all have different health. The cyborg starts at ninety health, uh, but it's semi slower. The biogene and the soldier have the same speed, but the biogene starts with eighty health. The soldier only starts with seventy health, and at ten may not seem that big, but in the game, you'll realize once you start playing that your health is really important. And there is a card in one of the levels, one of the higher levels, that if a soldier has no guard and doesn't have enough firepower in their hand, that can auto-kill a soldier at full health. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, usually the soldier will have the cards in his hand. A soldier should have the firepower. The only unfortunate reason a soldier wouldn't have the firepower usually is the soldier's doing really good and you draw a handful of money or a handful of victory points. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the reality in all uh, uh, deck builders. Sometimes you draw a handful, or most deck builders, you draw a handful of victory points and there's nothing you can do with the victory points, you just drew. <laughs> yep, or, yeah, or the money or, you know, stuff like that. You have to get a good combination yeah. of things. I mean, you have to keep right. money in your deck, but you also have to keep offensive weapons and defensive weapons. So you ha it's, it's kind of like a balancing act. 
And I imagine right. that every time you play the game, you your deck ends up being completely different. You know, every single time is what I would suspect. Yes, yes, and that was that was one of the things I liked about the game. Uh, because uh, uh, another thing that makes your deck be different is a lot of times when people play games, um, the game gets kind of monotonous because you decide you like a character type and you pick that character type every time you play and you try to build us to a certain uh, a certain style every time you play and kind of get into the system well in surviving the game there's always one less ca character of each character type than there are players so when you're picking your player characters someone is not going to have an app have access to all the options oh, okay so, like, if there's only two players, okay, let me say, if there's only three players, all of them can't be the same class. Oh, no, that's an no, actual rule? No. Huh? That's an actual rule, you can't be, people can't be the same class, like, three players well, can't be soldiers it, or whatever. It's a setup rule. So okay, when you set gosh. up, yeah, so when you set up the game, if there's only two players, you put out one card of each character class. In a three-player game, there's two cards of each character class. So literally, uh, if two people choose one class, the third person just can't choose it because it's not there as an option. Yeah, yeah, it, it forces people out of their comfort zone. Yes, very possibly. And that's actually probably the best way in the game that you can um, force your opponent to do something. What I mean is, like, if you're play, you play with somebody a few times and you like this, good at this, you might want to buy that class before they get it. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a counter pick right away. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. And um, all right, uh, what uh, what version is the game on right now, or what is this the final version, the one that I played, or are you guys still working on it, or what's the status right now? Yeah, no, yes, that uh, except for art wise, I mean, you saw most of the real art. There's a few art uh, uh, arts that I need to change. I've gotten art, I've gotten the commissions in from the artists, uh, and I have that my artist working on. I think it's like three or five more pieces of art. Uh, but the version of the game is in its final version. Okay, and then when is the Kickstarter happening? Um, I'm going to kickstart it again this time. Uh, uh, I say again. Uh, I changed the name of the game and I made some slight changes. Uh, but I'm going to kickstart it uh, at the beginning of the year uh, during uh, the week of PAX South. Oh, okay. So Are you going to be at PAX South? February. Yes, I definitely plan on being at PAX South. Okay, I may see you uh, there. I may... I'm, I'm trying to get some of my artwork together. I may actually get a booth for Pack South. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm still doing, okay. figuring my stuff out. Yeah. But I, you know, we went there last year. Not this year, but last year. And we enjoyed it a lot. So we may be yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah, I've been there the, uh, the last couple of years, and I have enjoyed it. Uh, I'm expecting to be either at the Unpub uh, booth, or I might get my own booth. I haven't decided yet. Uh, I want to get closer to the date. Okay. A train coming or something. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I live really yeah, close to the train track. <laughs> oh, <wow>. I, <laughs> I see my microphone works well. Yeah. By the way, my friend Dwayne number two just texted me and he says hi. Uh, he's now Dwayne number two because I met you, so you're Dwayne number one. It drives me crazy when I call you Dwayne number one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Because I now call him Doi number two. He's coming over to go watch uh, Infinity War, you know, whatever, Endgame. And so I, I know I can get a rise out of him when I call him Doi two. So it's <laughs> 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 pretty funny. So, uh, oh, yeah, where can people find you if they want to 
uh, you know, find more about your company, like DM Double Games and, and your game. And, so, and whatever um, other stuff you may be working on. I don't know if you're posting that anywhere or where can they follow you? Right, so I, I am on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at, D at DM Double Games. I do have a website that is still, I want to say, in its infancy. Mm -hmm. so it's set up, but I'm still making changes and I'm still editing things. So it, it's kind of bland at the moment. It's got a lot of art, or not a lot, not a lot of art, but it's got a, uh, it's got a, uh, it's got some images on it, okay. and it's got some information on it. But it's not like a full blown website. So if someone went there, uh, they shouldn't expect amazing things. But they can at least get the information about the Kickstarter, right? Uh, I actually haven't full. Uh, actually, yes, it's it's actually on the main page. I need to adjust it and put it to where I need it because I'm actually setting up the website myself so okay. I don't have like one doing it for me okay so that would be so, like dmdoublegames.com yes it, yes I actually have my uh, it's it, yeah it literally is at dmdoublegames.com okay cool and then what what do you have um, do you want to talk about either future expansions for this game that you have swimming around your brain or do you want to talk about also either or talk about the other ideas that you, that you have for other games that you're working on all right, well, so expansion-wise, uh, the, uh, the first game, of course, is uh, more of a military set, like military-futuristic uh, military, futuri military type game. Mm -hmm. uh, first expansion I'm going to do is a martial arts expansion. Oh, that's it, awesome. Is that it's based like Bruce Lee and all that? Or? Well, it, it's uh, the expansion uh, is called, I'm sorry, uh, so when you read the whole thing, it's called Surviving the Game, Death, Honor, and Glory. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so yeah, uh, basically, it's, uh, you actually. So what it does, the expansion, it'll add some cards to the main game that are martial arts themed, and it'll also add a new class uh, that is tentatively being called the martial artist. Um, at the moment, because I'm still working on the mechanics for that, mm -hmm. uh, I think I've kind of, I've I've decided that what I'm going to do is that. So I don't think we actually. I really went over the beginning of surviving the game so at the very beginning of the game there are five turns where you buy your character class and some very generic items in any class you want yeah just to be able to survive right yeah and after those first five turns these items all go away well for the martial artist the martial artist if you choose martial artist there will also be right now there will be three martial arts styles you also get to choose at that point in time so you also choose one of those three martial arts styles. Oh, you're talking like like Mantis or the the rooster oh, stands on one leg well, or whatever those styles are, the the snake style and all that. Well, I actually I say styles. Uh, I call I would call it a style still, but it's it's actually um, uh, the choice would be pretty much karate, kung fu, or ninjutsu. Oh, more like types of martial arts as opposed to yeah, like types yeah. centered on kung fu. Right. Uh, and like karate is an uh, is more of offensive. So when you play certain things that have to do with uh, uh, karate, uh, if you play one of the martial arts cards, basically, or unarmed combat, un unarmed combat is a card that comes in your starter deck. It would give you an uh, an offensive effect. Oh, I get it. Okay. Who would give you either kung fu card card set? Uh, kung fu, the kung fu type uses are offensive and defensive. The ninjutsu is mostly defensive. It'll probably be like defensive and draw. Okay. So the effects you would get either be defensive or draw, or martial arts would be offensive or defensive. 
and karate would just straight be straightforward offensive effects. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. That seems to add a lot of depth to just that one character class. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I'm st I've, I've pretty much figured out all of the cards. I just got to figure out what they actually will do. I haven't figured out the, the added obstacles yet. Uh, to some extent, I have. Uh, but I've got, like, basically name ideas for almost everything. But I've got to actually flesh them out into, like, what effects they will cause, obstacle-wise, weapon-wise. But yes. Okay. Because the, the way your game is set up, it's already kind of set up for, like, a traditional martial arts movie setup where you go through the seven levels of a temple to try to get to the Grand Master. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's pretty cool. Because, uh, you know, you're ascending, you, you keep ascending and keep defeating harder and harder enemies. And, and if you survive, you get to face the last dude and kick his butt. Right, yeah. The big yeah, down, basically. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that will be... The only thing is, um, it's a mixture, it's an expansion. It's not like you're rebuying the whole game. So of course it'll be cheaper than the original game, mm -hmm. but cards just insert into the original deck. So it's uh, it'll add some flavor to it, but it's not going to change it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll add the flavor of that character class. And, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Because the the original attacks for all the classes are those like hand to hand attacks, like the kick or the punch or whatever. And I noticed right. that the art was kung fu like, or you know, there it was kind of martial martial arts style. The, the art on those cards so that I think that yeah plays right into what you're talking about the expansion yeah uh, and uh, my next expansion I'm planning on doing after that is going to be magic based I haven't uh, got a name decided totally yet uh, originally it was going to be surviving the game of dark magicians uh, I've, I've recently came up with an idea that sounds a lot better to me uh, called Surviving the Gathering. Oh, cool. And basically, uh, I've got to figure out how... I, I probably have to get somebody to do the logo for me because it would be a similar logo to what I have for Surviving the Game. But basically, it would have the part where the game is either scratched out or basically gathering emblazoned over it where it normally would say the game. Yeah. And, and yeah, you have to identify it as being part of the same game, basically. Yes. So it has the same language overall, but you can right. tell something has happened, like the, the thing has morphed and you've gone on to a different dimension of game, I guess. Yeah. Which is the magic. That that actually is pretty enticing as well. I like the magic stuff. So is it like wizards or is it going to be like elements, kind of like the airbender stuff or, or just pure uh. like raw magic? Uh, it would. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, this one is far more tentative uh, when it comes to how it's going to work. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm playing with using something similar to the martial arts, but having three different magic style, styles of magic. Uh, okay. Cool. Light magic, dark magic, and uh, elemental magic, or just basic magic. Yeah. So based on which style, which uh, form of magic you choose to use, it would modify the effect actually modify the effects of the spells you use yeah that's that's interesting so because would, i was, I was yeah, they wouldn't actually do the same thing they would do something based on the style of magic you choose okay that's that's really cool 
So I was, uh, I've been working on a game too, and it has some similar styles of like deck building, plus also the light and the dark magic, and how you. And certain characters can only use light, and certain characters can only use dark. But there's certain characters okay. that can combine both of them to get okay. effects. So that's uh, you hit something that I kind of like. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. And um, and so it basically, so you have two expansions that you're thinking about, and then on top of that, you have other games that you're thinking of doing, right? Right, yes. Now, actually, I've just started collaborating with another company. Uh, I actually remember the actual name of the company. They put out a game called Friday Night Legends. What does that sound familiar? Oh, because it's kind of a play on Friday Night Lights. Okay, yeah, yeah, I did see the, the show. I, I And I saw the movie, I saw both. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the original game is basically you're playing uh, high school football. Mm-hmm. And it's made uh, for a board game. It, it plays like you're playing football. The draw for that game for them is the fact that you can literally get them to make you a stat card for your team of any high school that they can get stats on. Oh, they wow. definitely have access to all the stats of every team in Texas. But I believe they can actually get them from anywhere in the United States. Oh. So they'll they'll make you they'll charge you, but they'll make you a stat sheet for any team you want, so that your team plays very similar to your high that high school team should have played. Played. I'm not talking about like this year or last year. I'm talking about any year they can get stats for. Oh man. So that's the way that that game that they've already made is played. Collaborate. Doing. Um, game that's tentatively called signing day so it's basically you're a college or a college head coach and you're signing high school players okay so it's uh it's right now it's basically kind of a worker placement game where you send out your head coach or your coordinator to different high school students that will be represented by cards on the table to convince them to come to your school okay cool and and see that's the thing uh what i think people like about the game is if you like football, you'll understand some of the nuances and you will feel the nuances of the game, of football. But if you don't and you like worker placement, you'll still feel like it's foot, it, it has to do with football, but you'll, you'll enjoy the game itself. Yeah, and I do like worker placement, like, you know, Dungeon Lords and uh, is it Bronze Age? That's one of my favorite worker placement uh, games. Okay, yeah. I actually haven't played that one, but uh, uh, it, it, uh, when I was uh, working on my version, it made me, I was thinking of kind of like Agricola. Agricola, or, uh, okay. Yeah, I've never yeah. played Agricola, but I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things about Agricola, when you play it, you're a farmer. I know nothing about farming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I ever want to be a farmer in my life, but... <laughs> but for some reason, I enjoy Agricola. Yeah. And that was kind of the feeling I wanted to get. A game where you feel like there's a football experience without having to like football, but you're playing a game that you enjoy. Yeah, that yeah. was my. It yeah. feels like football without you having to like football, uh, but also why you can enjoy yourself whether you like football. Or not. Yeah, it's like playing the game Power Grid without having to be an electrician or maybe playing Pandemic without having to be a infection. What do you call that? One of those doctors that. Focus on infections. Yes, yeah. I know what you mean. Yes, exactly. That's the goal. The goal is to feel like you're there. It's kind of, it's kind of like you know, most video games. We, we play video games. We know how to push the buttons. We know 
but a lot of times like the stuff we're doing we wouldn't know much about to some extent except for the fact that the game lets my character understand it so, you know lets my character be able to do this stuff and i know it's button to push to get him to do it yeah yeah exactly yeah, well, so you understand the worker placement part and you'll feel the nuance of football and signing players but it's secondary to the actual enjoyment of the game okay well that sounds cool hey what uh, where can people find you and what are your normal comic conventions that you go to during the year where people can meet you all right so i consistently right now go to bash and pack south in the sound what was the first one uh board game bash where is that uh they have it uh at the end of every summer in austin texas mm -hmm. um yeah uh i'm consistently there i've been there i want to say like the last three years maybe two okay probably the last three years because i've been to pack south the last two years okay and are you going to be in comic palooza uh, coming up here in houston uh don't think so. uh what month is it in that's may i think may, may. 12 or something uh, that weekend anyway it's like three okay days or four days. no i'm not i'm not planning on being there uh i was uh seriously considering making the bgg con in dallas that i think is coming up next month also. eventually i want to have a booth at one of those places i need to you know get better and you know produce more art and that's what i'm doing you know I have my day right. job, and then I have my other, you know, Mutant Donkey, which I just started like two months ago, or two okay. and a half months ago, and that's that's I'm trying to get better at my graphics and in the architecture part I can do easily. It's the other incorporating the more freeform graphics is a little bit harder, but I, you know, just trying to get there and doing that. And in the meantime, we have this podcast where I can just have a lot of people that I meet and become friends, and just maybe for a, for my community of us gamers. To like right. stay in touch and support each other while we're trying to get our products or whatever we're doing to try to pr promote ourselves. So I figure if we form kind of like a web of friends, of super friends, <laughs> so <laughs> so we can kind of, you know, we can help each other. And not only that, if I'm ever in San Antonio, maybe I can shoot you an email. Maybe we can do some gaming at some point or whatever. I remember going right, to cool. the Alamo over there on the west side of San Antonio. And there's like a gaming store attached to one of the Alamos over there, which was really cool. And I met some people there that were playing like Terraforming Mars or something. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you said Terraforming Mars. I had to laugh cause at our Thursday uh, gaming. Uh, there's almost every week there's a Terraforming Mars table. Oh, really? That game's awesome. I actually have not played any of the expansions. I just have people with a regular game, but I think that game's really well done. Yes, it is. It's, uh, it always keeps me coming back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, and <laughs> what's that? That's one of those things. I was gonna say that's one of those things. I've I've been trying to ask them like like I mean I like the game myself. I was asking, her, so why do y'all like this game? I, I like the you know the changing and the depth of the strategy. Uh, but I'm just curious. Like you know, one guy surprised me. Like he liked, liked the idea. Like I mean, he like you know I want to say maybe like not. Maybe like researcher just looked up on like you know like t maybe terraforming the planet. Uh huh. And he liked the idea of it before playing the game. Yeah, no, I mean just from watching that movie Mars or whatever with uh, Matt Damon, I mean, just playing a game oh, yeah. that kind of gives me that same feeling. Right. That I'm kind of sold, and then on top of that, the game's actually good. 
you know? Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so, so they already had me at Mars, you know? And, uh, but when I started playing, I'm like, oh, this game is actually really good. I mean, honestly, nowadays, I don't buy games without knowing whether they're good or not. I always do my research. I look at Board Game Geek. I talk to people who've played them. Because, you know, games are not, you know, they're not super affordable. Some of them are, some of them are not. You're having games like Gloomhaven that range all the way from $200 if you buy it off-season to like right now it's under one hundred dollars, and so you're like, that's a lot of money to spend on a board game, regardless. So you better right, do yeah, your no. homework, you know, before you drop yeah, no, like no. over a hundred dollars on a game. You know, <laughs> yeah. no, I totally understand. That's why I'm trying to get the, the goal of uh, my game. I'm trying to get it to around forty dollars. I mean, to, store uh, shelf cost. To how much? Your the mic was kind of forty dollars. Forty dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I figure that's like around a reasonable price. And looking at the manufacturing cost, mm -hmm. uh, I can't go much lower if I can even do forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, believe I can do forty. Yeah, at some point you're also doing this because you enjoy doing it, and then you, if you can make some money at it, you know, then that's, that's right, kind of yeah. the icing on on the cake. But the fact that you're actually getting to share something with people, it's in a way it's its own reward, I imagine. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, just seeing the first time I saw Max. After I got you know the artwork put on it and got it designed, it was like you know it was like an amazing feeling. Like this is in my hand. I'm looking at this art, you know, for this box for this game I designed, mm -hmm. and I got the cards after I designed them. That was a long process, but <laughs> I did it. <laughs> and I got the cards. And I saw the actual cards. The, the, the first cards. I, okay, when I first designed the game, I made cards too, of course, to play with. Yeah, uh, play test it with and. Those look cool and those were amazing, but they were like they were stickers stuck on magic cards <laughs> with pictures funny. on them. They looked cool to me at the time, but then when I got the, the actual cards, I'm like, I mean, they're not the final version of the cards, but still, they were like, oh man, this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, the original game will come with dividers for everything, and any expansion will come with dividers for it. So that way, you know, you you don't have to like go buy another box or try to figure out how you carry this game around and keep it organized okay well I'll definitely check it out I'm, uh, so you're saying beginning of next year beginning of 2020 we need to be looking for a kickstarter yes uh, uh it should be the january or february packs south hasn't been the same month each year mm -hmm. that's only i'm not sure because uh so i realized I'll probably best see you there, to do it huh i'll probably see you there at pack south next year this coming year okay so oops the, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> Dwayne number two is here. Crap. I'm going to have to... Because we're supposed to be leaving for Endgame right now. <laughs> I, no problem at all. I'm going to have to cut it uh, short. I'm sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. But uh, but no, it was a pleasure having you. And thanks for you know coming on the podcast. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. I'll send you a copy of the podcast when, uh, when it comes out. We're recording the podcast next weekend. So it'll be sometime next week. Probably late next week. I'll send you a copy of this podcast. Okay, alright, no problem. Thanks. Alright, well, take care, man, and I hope you're successful with your game. Games. Alright, good luck with the podcast, also. Alright, all right. thank you. Alright, thank you. Bye. Bye. Mute Donkey Podcast News. So, without further ado, let's start with the news. Uh, does anybody want to pick a specific topic from what you've seen to talk about? Otherwise, I'm just going to go down the list. Is there. Um. Actually, I have something that wasn't on the list, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's interesting. Um, so, as as some of us would agree, I think, Epic Games is kind of the devil um, with their, you know, console-style kind of exclusive nonsense. And 
stuff. But um, so the the latest um, chapter and what they've done. So there's a program called Easy Anti Cheat. Mm-hmm. Um, those of us that have played games like Seven Days to Die or Empyrean or various other games, a lot of games that are kind of multiplayer with servers. Yeah. Uh, use this uh, technology called Easy Anti Cheat, and it's basically just like Punk Buster or any of those other uh, you know kind of play nice programs. Mm-hmm. Kind of ban cheating and stuff, you know, at least attempt to like ban aimbots and various cheating that people do. Um, well, Epic Games bought Easy Anti Cheat, and so basically now they control the one of the most common anti cheating softwares. And as part of their war on Steam, they're basically ending Linux support for gaming with Easy Anti Cheat. So, and I and I, to to some degree I just don't get it because they're they're definitely anti-steam and <clears throat> unfortunately Steam is pro Linux gaming and yeah. and Epic Gaming is not. And it, I just thought it, it just kind of blew my mind that they bought Easy Anti-Cheat basically just to like stick another knife in Steam. I I just can't, you know, I can't quite get over it. They're playing dirty. I think they're trying to get a rise out of Steam, but as that thing uh, I send you guys a video when I got criticizing Epic on all this stuff and uh, saying the best thing Steam can do right now is nothing. Just wait until it blows over and people realize that Epic's still not a good store. Uh, I mean, yes, it's a place to get games, but their store is like bare bones. So in the end, you know, I guess those time exclusives will be open back in Steam and unless they make it permanent exclusives. Have you heard of any permanent exclusives for Epic? Other than time exclusives? Because I don't... I guess the closest thing to that would be Rocket League. Well, they did buy Rocket League. So that, yeah, that's so they, another they purchase. They literally bought Rocket League to like take it off of Steam completely. Mm-hmm. And then they also that one you I think one of the other games you talked about was that <clears throat> World War Z game. Yes. That was another epic exclusive, but I have a friend that played it and he said it, it started off being kind of fun, but he he got bored with it really quickly. Yeah, I heard that it's not as good as it's not good enough to like consider buying. It's it's good enough for a couple hours of fun, but other than that, it's not really worth buying. Which I was I was kind of sad because I w- I really wanted to play a new zombie game, but you know, I'm not buying it on Epic. And even if it was on Steam, I'm not sure I would buy it with the reviews. You know, there's days uh, gone. Days there's days gone, and there's also something else. Uh, I think at E3, uh, Dying Light Two is going to be announced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's gonna be awesome. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the first Dying Light. I thought it was an excellent, one of the best. Uh, you know, like kind of. I, I actually liked it too. I I would have liked to found someone to play multiplayer with because I'm not like a huge fan of the park. You know, of parkour in general. Mm-hmm. But I I thought it was a really fun game. I I didn't I didn't play. I probably only played it for like 20 hours. I didn't get super. You know, I didn't get super into it. I didn't accomplish as you know a lot of the things that I could have. I kind of I kind of burned out on some of the harder missions, but yeah, those helped to have people to play with you. We played through that whole game, game. and they still support it. There's still content for it, and there's still events, you know, like in-game events and stuff like that. Like they're still doing a pretty good job of keeping it alive. I was pretty impressed that it still goes on sale and it still has events and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool. And it's one of the few games that made my heart beat a lot faster when it was nighttime. Like those zombies oh, are yeah, insane at night. At night. It's definitely scary. And in we that had game. so much. We we played through the whole thing with a bunch of friends, with Andrew and Art and Justin, and you know, uh, we played it on the PS4. And man, th- those night time 
times were awesome. Just like running around as fast as you could before you got killed. It was just really cool. I don't know. I, I think that that game hit a really unique sweet spot. Also, that game is one of the games that made PewDiePie famous. PewDiePie was probably one of the first people to like play that game on his YouTube channel, and then he started getting a ton of views on that thing. So, um, let's see. Anything else that's uh, pertinent here? The uh, talking about the the guy from Epic and the guy from Gearbox are starting to have something similar. For example, Randy Pitchfork is now getting a lot of flag for. Having said that there will, I guess what he said was there are not going to be any loot boxes in Borderlands 3, but people will construe that as there will not be any microtransactions. Now he makes a distinction between a loot box and a microtransaction, and I guess there is a difference. And so people are saying that he said there were not going to be any microtransactions and now they're getting, they're, they're crying foul because there are going to be skins that are going to be sold. Now, personally, the way I think about this is I don't like microtransactions at all, and that's why I don't like mobile games in general. But for the main reason that when I first played Dragon Age, the first Dragon Age, I, w I really liked Dragon Age, by the way, and I played you know the whole way through. I think Andrew played all the way through it twice, probably, and uh, or maybe more than twice. And uh, <laughs> the first time I was running around in the map, and I was all involved in the adventure, because Dragon Age kind of pulls you in a, into its story in a very unique way. And then I clicked on one adventure, and it was a uh, it was a micro transaction adventure. So when I clicked on it, it says, "Oh, if you want to follow this adventure, you have to pay." And it took me completely out of the game. I was so mad, I almost stopped playing the game altogether. I almost threw the game away. And it upsets me when people do that when they put microtransactions in a game that you already paid for. I don't have a problem with DLC, like extra content that you can buy after the fact or even during the fact, but it's separate from the game, and you understand, okay, I want to buy this. But when you incorporate that into the game and then you're trying to milk people after people already bought your game, I don't know, I get upset about stuff like that. And, and, and a good example of a game that deals extremely well with microtransactions is Dota 2. Dota 2 is completely free to, let, let me put it this way, if I'm paying for a game, I don't want microtransactions. If I don't pay for a game and it's play for free, then I'm okay with microtransactions because guess what, I'm playing the game for free. Now what Dota 2 does, is you can play, as opposed to League of Legends in Dota 2, all the heroes are unlocked from the beginning. You can play all the way through the game. You can play all your life and never pay a dime. But because you build consumer confidence and people start liking the game, people start buying the, the skins. And there's skins that go for like $2,000 and above. There's some that go for 100 bucks. There's some that go for 50 cents. There's some that go for 30. But it's all up to the people who are into the game and they want they can decide whether they want a skin or not it has no effect on gameplay other than graphics and and to me that's the perfect world in which if you like a game enough you will spend money in it similarly to path of exile which is completely free to play but then if you want to invest more money into it you can get it like additional chests and 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 uh, you know uh, what is it you can also get skins and like uh, clothing and things like that so i think that's the correct approach to microtransactions i don't want I don't want a game like Borderlands 3, which I already paid for, to have microtransactions built into it. Now, that's my personal opinion. I don't know if you guys have anything to to add or yay or nay on this topic, but... Um. You know, I do have... Well, not... I mean, basically, as far as I'm concerned, Epic is the devil, but I do have another kind of... So there's been some, some kind of some articles floating around um, about um, a, an interesting game, Star Citizen. Yeah. So, so there's been some really interesting articles about it. Um, 
but but essentially what and, and I and in full disclosure, I kickstarted when the first Kickstarter happened, which was probably around. And this is this is kind of a sign of how badly things have gone. Um, it was probably around like 2013 mm-hmm. when I originally kickstarted it, and I and I think I did like a hundred bucks or something because I was like, oh wow, you know, this sounds like and this was before really kind of even before you know Kickstarters had kind of started, but it wasn't they weren't you know Kickstarters and early access weren't is is incredibly popular as they are now but i was like oh you know what i'll take a flyer on it you know it it sounds like a a really cool game you know it sounds like a really cool idea well what it's basically come down to is it's you know it's like six years later and i'm not even kidding you they've raised like it's basically kind of the biggest vaporware in history (laughs) they've literally raised about 280 million dollars holy crap and they don't have a game. I know. And I kind of want to play it, and I don't know where the game is. I don't know how to access that game. <laughs> and and hopefully, I well, and that's the thing. The only the sad part is because I kickstarted it. I'm still kind of like hoping that that you know, like somehow they'll make the game so I get the game that I paid for. But but basically, what they wound up doing is they they sell they're selling spaceships for this game. Great. And spaceships can cost not just hundreds but even thousands of dollars oh man and so they're selling these you know multi-hundred you know there's people that have spent thousands of dollars on this game you know and they're like asking for refunds and stuff and of course you know they're they're not getting them but they have like a a pretty big team and they're you know they're spending like 36 million dollars a year but the on their team but the problem is that like a lot of their money they're spending it you know is going back into fundraising because they're they're just vacuuming up money you know, to try to keep this thing going, but then they're not. Oh, and that was the other. So, like, this, this the stories are just amazing. But basically, like, the the game's supposed to have like 100 custom made solar systems. You know, it's Whoa. supposed to have like 100 different star systems, and it's all handmade. Mm-hmm. They haven't finished the first one yet. Oh man! So it just lets you know, like, oh. how you know. And and there's there's kind of a big argument. You know, there's people who are like, oh, because they have like modules. They kind of have like, they have they've built like some pieces of the game like you can fly your ship <laughs> but you can't you know there's like not a game to play you can like literally fly it around and say wow this $3,500 spaceship is really cool <laughs> but but it like you can't actually go like into a universe and you know like play a game yeah but so when you really think about that I mean we're talking <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. and they don't have a game I mean and it's you know not to mention it's like six years later I mean it's just it's you know it's it's pretty pretty mind-blowing there's some there's some good articles about it if you look for it yeah once in a while there's an article on pc gamer and i kind of read it but every time it gets more ridiculous it's like they bit off more than they can chew and they know it they just i guess they don't want to admit it to everybody i don't know well, uh, maybe at they some... admit it they're kind of screwed yeah i guess i don't know but oh, what wow. i think they should do is basically publish uh, something and be like, hey, this is a tool that you can use to make a solar system. So please make a ton of solar systems and send them to us. Yeah, have the modding community take over. Uh, at some point, if that game gets dropped, I'm sure the modding community is going to get a hold of the source code and just go go to town and actually finish that freaking game for free. Well, and it, it's <laughs> funny, that same thing is what happened. You know, a lot of people love Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Well, Skyrim, oh, yeah. a lot of people don't remember, Skyrim was really not a finished game, and arguably it wasn't, you know, like, modders really did a lot of work 
to finish that game, but they're really smart to uh, embrace the modding community because, quite frankly, the same thing with Seven Days to Die. People can make a crappy game with a good modding interface, and the modders, if there's people who like your game, they will finish your, you know, they'll make your game for you, and you can sell your game and make money and <laughs> use their mods to make it playable. Yeah, because you own the IP. They don't own anything. <laughs> the second they start playing in your playground, you own whatever they do. It's an interesting concept, right? <laughs> so yeah, in fact, like one of my favorite games, my old game, Star Control 2, the uh, the developers actually did, this was way back, this is a long time ago, this was like in the 90s, back when Usenet was a thing. Usenet was like uh, user groups, like old school, and they're still around, but nobody uses them. But back in the day, like, like Usenet was like the Reddit of 1992. Um <laughs> And, and people, so they would literally post on Usenet, and, like, they got people, like, a lot of the sound effects and, and stuff like that. Like, people, mm -hmm. it was, this was, it was just like, the like the OG modding concept. Like, this was, you know, people would, they basically got people that were fans of them and their work to, like, you know, do little chunks, do artwork, you know, do, like, a piece of artwork or a sound effect or something, and they literally kind of crowdsourced the content for the game and Star Control 2 is one of the best games you'll ever play in your life. It is fan and you can play it free by the way. There's a the company uh, called Toys for Bob released mm -hmm. the source code and you can it's called you can you can google the Urquan Masters and you can uh, download and play the game for free and I'm telling you one of the best games you'll ever play. That's Star but, Control. Anyway. What's that? Star Control? Star Control 2. two. The first one's good too, but Star Control 2 is is a it's in, in my opinion, it's it's like a masterwork. It's up there with like Planescape Torment and stuff like that. You know, Dragon Age Origins. It's up there with like you know. Okay, because I really. see the I see the original Star Control on Steam, but not the second one. Is well, no, there's a new one. So they did a new one. They did like a Star. It's essentially Star Control. Well, they did a study. So they did Star Control one and two, and this was done by these two guys mm -hmm. who are just brilliant. Um, and then they actually wound up, wound up making like their own company. They did Skylanders and some other games. Uh, they actually did quite well. But then they, there's a, a Star Control 3 that was done by some other company, and it was just okay. Oh, okay. And then Stardock bought the rights. Uh, there's a big... It's actually fascinating if you into this kind of thing. There was like a lawsuit. They uh, bought the rights to Star... Uh, supposedly they bought the rights to Star Control from a publisher, but not from the guys who created it. And so there's a legal fight. Huh. Right now, over who really owns Star Control, but but Stardock <laughs> bought um, Star Control, allegedly bought the rights to Star Control and made Star Control Origins, which is now kind of in a a limbo on Steam whether it can be sold or not because they're fighting over the legality of it. Is Stardock Star are the ones that the Galactic Civilization? Or is that a yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And that okay. Stardock, by the way, part of the reason it came into a big legal fight is because Stardock spent kind of their last money developing Star Control Origins. And uh, and then and then the toys for Bob guys and I can't remember their names off the top of my head but they filed a cease and desist and got it pulled off of Steam and and it's quite it's actually kind of sad I mean Stardock Stardock is basically circling the drain they're they're all but mm. bankrupt it's too bad man I actually liked them but yeah so that's kind of that little story but yeah Star Control mm. 2, you can, it's called the Urquan Masters but yeah it's free. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's really, the writing is fantastic. It's really, it's one of, you know, back when the games were more art than science, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's really, really funny. It's, it's really well done. If you send me a link oh, to that I'll game, I'll put it. it on the podcast notes. 
Yeah, it's actually got like a lot of. Um, it's it's one of those games, and I and I think that's what's missing in today's games. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of today's games are procedurally generated and da 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 da. Like back in the old days, like in the you know nineties, mm-hmm. like games were handcrafted. Like all of the levels and all of the stuff, like everything that's on the you know everything that's on the map was put there by a person who put it there. Yeah. You know, it's really handcrafted and it's really lovely because of that. You know, games that have that level of care. And that that's what I noticed with when I was playing a Thieves End, the Uncharted games. And I'll, th- this is related, but also I meant to talk about this before. Sometimes I'm playing that game, the Uncharted games, and I stop playing it because I'm just looking at the environments. And like you're saying, is that level of handcrafted detail, especially from the point of view of architecture, because you're looking at all the buildings and the friezes and the columns and the and the gold leaf and everything, everything is insanely well detailed from an architectural point of view. Not only well, I think that, that's, but, that's uh, also why I personally prefer single-player narrative games because mm-hmm. of that level design. Level design is key. Yeah. When you're telling a story, it's and, so immersive. And, yeah, and, and that's that's the whole point. And let me talk talk about something very specific about uh, this. Was it the second the second uh, Uncharted game, which they started in Cartagena in Colombia, uh, where yeah. he's a little kid? They actually had Colombians speaking Spanish from the local area. It it kills me, and I don't want to. This is not a racist statement or anything, but it kills me when they have Mexicans playing Colombians. Because if you're not aware of it, Latin Americans don't speak with the same accent in every country. You have different, almost, you could almost call them dialects. And and so when you have somebody with a Mexican accent trying to impersonate a Colombian, like in every single American movie about Colombia, you will have Mexican people playing Colombian. It drives me nuts. But Uncharted actually took the time to find Colombians to actually voice the parts that were in Colombia. And you wouldn't know that unless you were Colombian and you were and you were privy to that specific because I have been to Cartagena and I've been there and I know how people speak there and they speak the same way like they they did it better than a, a studio like Universal or MGM or whatever they don't care they just grab a Mexican and say say this lines you're Colombian now no they went it's Naughty Dog right the company that made uh, Uncharted the, yeah. they, they took the care to find the correct accent for the correct area because even within the country of Colombia there's many, many different accents depending on which area you are and they got the correct accent for the correct area and that made me so happy that 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 right there made my day and and, and yeah we were Colombian so and, and I that same that same level of love and 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 basically funding it comes down to cost too uh, yeah. is is key at Ubisoft. And to the point where, uh, when Notre Dame was burning, mm-hmm. um, because of, I think it was Origin. Uh, no, it wasn't Origin. It was it was before that. It was uh, Syndicate, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Uh, they took so much time and effort to recreate Notre Dame in that game, mm-hmm. the Notre Dame, that they actually had all the assets to send immediately to the construction <laughs> crew that was going to rebuild. Oh, here you go. And so Ubisoft is directly involved in restoring <laughs> Notre Dame, which is hilarious. Everything's already pre-done in 3D, completely accurate. Here you go. Exactly. This is because how you of Assassin's it. Creed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. oh my gosh. That's awesome. This is how you rebuild it. So That's awesome. So, Andresito, tell me about DC Universe. What's going on with them? Uh, movie-wise, TV-wise, well, TV, what do you mean? The service. DC okay, so uh, to to make it short and simple, um, 
Warner Brothers owns DC in the same way that Disney owns Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, Warner Brothers is going to be coming out with their own streaming service, which is going to include things from WB or CW, um, basically all of those things that Warner Brothers owed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, owned. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, all of the DC animated movies, all of those are Warner Brothers. The Batman animated series from back in the day. Um, DC's rich uh, TV and movie history is is primarily owned by Warner Brothers. So for Warner Brothers to come out with their own, and, and you know, I don't even have to go into the, the number of cartoons and movies and everything else that Warner Brothers owns from, you can go as far back as forever for us, for, for our age group. Yeah. Um, when you put all that stuff together and you want to, to create your own streaming service and you want to go up against... Disney Plus is going to be huge. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the big dog now. But yeah. even looking at uh, Netflix and and Hulu and these other streaming services that are already basically up and running and, and have a large number of subscribers, you want to make it as attractive as possible. So when WB actually releases their streaming service, the best thing they could possibly do is not separate their customer base by having DC as a separate thing. Yeah. So, um my guess is because I, I didn't know I didn't know until you put that in our list that DC was going to end their streaming service. Yeah, I was very surprised because it's brand new. Well, it, it made perfect sense to me because I already knew WB was going to release their streaming service. So, so it didn't make sense for me to, to have... establish DC Universe at all if that's what you're going to do anyway. Because uh, personally, I think they had delusions of grandeur to be honest <laughs> i think they they thought oh everybody's gonna sign up for dc and no nobody gives a damn about dc really i mean uh the stuff is great but the movies you can get on netflix and, and a lot of other streaming services the shows yeah they've they've been getting some decent clout um doom patrol especially is supposed to be pretty good um but when you it's it's kind of like cbs's uh throwing all their cards into twilight zone and star trek Mm -hmm. you have a couple of really big really great shows but is that worth people paying a certain amount of money every month from now until the end of their days to watch those two shows you know Um, really and and so from wb's perspective if you look at if they can incorporate all of the dc universe with everything they have from cw and Mm -hmm. I think UPN even is, is WB. Like if you go through all of WB's uh, movie catalog and a lot of their IP to put all that into one service, you all of a sudden you're a contender, you know, all of a sudden you have something that a lot of people can't uh, compete with, especially if you're a DC fanboy. Um, it adds to the value that you were already going to get from the DC service. If you can add all that WB stuff with it also. And I imagine anybody that is a subscriber is just going to roll into that. I don't think they're going to completely kill it. I think they're going to evolve it, and then that's going to be the streaming service, is WB's service. Okay, so that means that all the, the Arrow and Flash, all that stuff is going to get pulled off of uh, Netflix? It's possible. Um, I, I, well, you know, because you've, you cut the cord a long time ago. All that stuff was already pulled off of Hulu. Well, I do have Hulu too, but yeah, I don't get that stuff on Hulu. Yeah, it was pulled. It, it used to be huh. there, but all the CW stuff was pulled. The funny thing is, though, they took a different tactic. Instead of putting all their cards into one of the streaming servers, CW actually, if you download their app, 
everything is free, including the, I can't remember what they call it. They, they, they have their own streaming service also. That's like a plus thing. You get, there's oh, okay. a, some animated Constantine stuff on there and all of the old shows that used to be on like uh, midnight and Smallville. like, yeah, but, but even way before that, like the, okay. it wasn't midnight moonlight. The one with the vampire detective and yeah, yeah. The crazy, crazy older yeah, stuff is all there that. that you can stream whole seasons of these old CW shows and mm-hmm. WB shows for free. And it's completely free. You, you know, most of the time with these services, you have to use your provider as sort of a login. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the way that they make sure you're paying in some way to mm-hmm. go to the, to the, uh, the company. But CW bypassed all that. They said they don't. We don't care. You can have everything that we do for free, and they put out that app. The funny thing is, if WB service poaches that stuff, then uh-huh. that's a big question. Oh, that's that's something that's kind of in the air. Are they going to pull all that in the same way that Disney is doing with Marvel stuff? Yeah, but where nobody else can do this, or it's looking more like uh, DC and and WB is going to be like the Microsoft uh, strategy now, where everybody can have our stuff, but if you want all of our stuff in the same place, then buy our service. Okay. So I guess the big question is, is Netflix going to stay relevant? Or are they going away eventually because they can't compete with the other services? Um, the only thing I would add to that conversation is they just this past week inked a deal with Dark Horse Comics. So Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of a big deal. That's one of the ways that they're going to combat DC okay. and WB. I mean, DC and Marvel Yeah, is by inking with Dark Horse. And I was a Dark Horse collector way back in the day in the old Boris the Bear days, which I uh, highly recommend if nobody <laughs> knows who Boris the Bear is to look him up. He killed all the Care Bears, which is <laughs> immediately a, all right. a hero in my that's book. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, but but uh, Umbrella Academy is is the big star right now on netflix and yeah. and that was a dark horse comic and um if that's the route they're gonna go with more mature comic lines mm-hmm. and, and more mature ip then yeah that definitely is a separator that that's not flights and tights you know that's that's uh, something completely different and but, but amazon that, is uh, competing with that directly with the boys yeah and so is hulu hulu now has marvel uh, uh seasons coming on i can't remember the ones that signed up but there are legit Marvel um, shows that are coming straight to Hulu now. But I mean, are they edgy for like adults, like The Boys? And yeah, the- supposedly. Um, not not as edgy as The Boys, obviously. But The Boys, the funny thing to that is, to me, that was to compete with Umbrella Academy and, uh-huh. and the direction that Netflix is trying to go now. And Netflix has always been, I don't know if you guys have known this because they've been real kind of hush hush about it but they've mm-hmm. been really funny if you look at it that it's it's the strategy they've been uh, genre portrayers where they're looking for sci-fi and horror netflix has been pushing sci-fi and horror and then they've also been been pushing foreign shows and foreign films mm-hmm. yeah Be- because those two routes the sci-fi and the horror and the foreign stuff they know disney's not going to throw their hat in yeah train to busan for example that freaking thing was oh, awesome yeah. It's a Korean movie. That, that, that the, movie's fantastic. And yeah. Candyman, what was that anime that you showed, Adriana, that was really cool? Oh, yeah, I really did like that one. Was uh, it was also a train thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, a, it was another train one. It was... Um... I remember that was really good. 
Um, oh, oh, it'll come back to me. Yeah, I, I actually checked the other day. I haven't seen if there's a an, an update to it for a while. Um, well, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty interesting. I do think the services are getting heavily fragmented. I mean, I can honestly tell you that I, you know, I, I basically don't think there's going to be anything that I will need to buy. You know, like even Disney Plus is really cheap, and Disney, I promise you, Disney's going to jack up the prices on Disney Plus. This is just to get you know mm -hmm. the first hits free kind of situation. <laughs> yep, that's going to be insane. So now that we're talking about Disney, let's segue into Star Wars. The big announcements came through the last couple of days, right? They disclosed that we're going to have three, another trilogy, three more episodes starting in 2022, right? Every other year. And mm -hmm. also, what's the other series that's going to run parallel to that? Avatar, right? Yep. They're going to alternate yeah. years. And they also announced the Marvel schedule. Like, they didn't announce what the movies will be, although there's some speculation that there'll definitely be a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's going to be a couple of other sequels. There's going to be the Scarlet, you know, Scarlet Johansson one, the Black Widow uh, prequel or whatever. Yeah. But they already announced the, the Marvel schedule for, like, the next three or four years as well. Well, and the funny side note to that, too, is... I can't remember how many movies there were, but in that same press release when they were talking about it, there was a, the number of, of Marvel movies that are coming. But but the one thing people didn't really talk about was Sony's deal with Disney uh -huh. was they they can use the Spider-Man franchise for a limited amount of time, but they have to have a movie come out within three years of each other. So in that timeline that, that uh, Disney released... Two movies are going to be Spider-Man. They, they only announced the one that's coming out, but there has to be another one within three years. So one of those other movies oh is the next Spider-Man also. So if they don't, then they lose it, and then Sony gets to do Spider-Man right. again? Right, then, then it goes, the rights go back to Sony. So that's the funny part is, okay, everybody's speculating, well, you know, it could be... Uh, uh, what's his name? The the man, the Kung Fu guy. The, there's a new Kung Fu Marvel hero that's coming. Oh, He's yeah? going to be one of the movies. Um, they're speculating that Doctor Strange two and Black yeah, Panther two. Yeah, Doctor Strange two was was pretty pretty confidently going to be on the list. Exactly, and so when you narrow it down, you basically have those movies. You know what they are going to be because one of them has to be Spider Man also, which is kind of funny. Well, and apparently the other thing they said, which is a little interesting, apparently there's going to be a, a new you know they're going to reboot Avengers, which I think is insanity well, at are? this point. Right. They're, they're yeah. talking. They're already saying there's going to be a new a new Holy cast man. Avengers movie. Yeah, which wow. don't talk about it because uh, we don't want to spoil anything for Candyman. But yeah, I mean that's that's in the pipe also. But the funny thing is, all the other movies that they're setting up could feed into that. So that it doesn't even matter if that's on that time plan or, or coming after it because they're basically doing the same thing they did with all the early MCU movies. Wow. Although they they also said that this one this you know this Infinity Gauntlet kind of this is you know the Infinity Gauntlet saga that they're doing is taken straight from the comics, so apparently I think this was like arc you know this was like story arc three or something and apparently they've got like a new story yep. set up because the one thing that Marvel's done that a lot of people have argued the reason that Star Wars has not been anywhere near as good as the Marvel universe is mm -hmm. because the Marvel movies all intersect. They all are a part of kind of a combined, even if not completely directly part of it, they all at least, you know, tangentially intersect with a 
cosmic scheme. There's an entire, you know, they're going somewhere. Yeah. Everyone's going there, kind of together, maybe in their own way, but they're all part of the same journey. And whereas Star Wars has completely failed at that, they've just made a bunch of, you know, standalone movies like Solo. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, you know, they've made everything they've done is, and, and DC, honestly, too, both of those universes have not had the coordination where that they've actually come up with something intelligent and tied their, you know, put a, a grander direction in play rather than just, you know, oh, I'll make a movie and see if it sells. Yeah, I think DC was just trying to catch up and they, they should have just done their own thing, I think. Um, well, Marvel's also kind of sowed the seeds for the unrelated movies to cross over at some point, too. So the Sony-owned franchises like uh, Venom mm-hmm. and the upcoming Morbius and uh, like all that stuff that's kind of side movies that are based on characters from Spider-Man and from X-Men and from these other things that yeah. now they've kind of splintered them off by themselves. Um, Disney's doing some what I thought originally was really stupid, but now it's quite genius things to be able to pull those things in at some point if they want to. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Pull and just to kind of interject, sorry, I looked it up. So the, the series we were talking about, which really was quite good, and it looks like there's some new episodes, by the way. Uh, it's called Cabaneri of the Iron Fortress. Yeah, that was it, It's close. a really good zombie. It's a steampunk zombie anime. It's uh, and, wow. and there's so little steampunk. I, I, I adore steampunk, and it's really <laughs> there ain't much to go around so <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool okay i want to add that to my queue it sounds awesome yeah adriana actually liked it so much she was watching it by herself and the, the fact that it's dubbed adriana doesn't like to watch anything that's sub dubbed and she was there watching the whole thing so that... yeah no it's on Am- it, by the way it's on amazon it's one of the few it's actually like a it's on amazon okay. but it's it's yeah I mean, it's, it's totally watchable yeah. um that's awesome and then uh, let's see. Let's wrap up with. There's a couple of Star Wars news uh, here and there. There was a Star Wars celebration, and they were interviewing the voice actor that was playing that played Ad- Admiral Akbar. Yeah, and I, he, I heard he, about he that. took issue with them killing him in the way they did in Last oh, yeah. Jedi, and he got shut the hell up by Disney. Basically, <laughs> you're like, what are you doing talking about? You know, you're not supposed to be talking about this. Basically, you're not supposed to be ragging on us. But I don't know. I thought it was it was funny that. In my opinion, yes, I agree with the guy. I think Admiral Akbar should have been the one to say that. It's like they're purposely killing every character that belongs to us and saying your characters don't matter anymore. You know, these new characters are going to be for the next generation and new people that started with the original Star Wars movies. We don't care about you. I is that that's the message I'm getting. I don't know if you guys are getting any of it, but it feels like that's exactly like, no. I was talking. Uh, was it you, Andres? I was talking about, or was it one it was of my me. other? I don't know if this is like a deja vu or mm-hmm. not because I had the same discussion with someone else. Same exact discussion. I mean, basically, it seems like that the movie. Oh, you know, no, I, I'm sorry. It was a fr- It was a. It was my work friend that okay. I talked to a lot. Um, we were saying that I was complaining that I didn't feel like the Star Wars movies were for us anymore. And he said, well, no, they're for, the, you know, they're basically for the current children. You know, they don't, they basically don't care about us. And I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I literally had this discussion with a coworker <laughs> this week that they don't care about us, that they not at all. It's all about kids and selling toys and, you know, new, new subscribers. They don't care about us. But they're all. just telling us to screw off. Like up front, they're just saying we don't care about you guys and screw off. But guess guess who watches your movies, man? Guess who grew up watching those movies? You know, guess who That's made up I'm, the original fan that, force of this stuff? You know, 
that's why I'm hoping the new trilogy goes back to Kodor, but basically thousands of years earlier, and but does the same thing for all the people that like the new trilogy. Yeah, and then and then Mark Hamill was given a hard time because he posted a picture where he put like all the, all the old guys in the Millennium Falcon. Like this is what should have been done, you know? Like Lando yeah. should have been put in Han Solo and Leia, and Mark Hamill should have been together again in the Falcon. Uh, not that Lando was together with with Hamill in the Falcon anyway, but you know, uh, you know they they all should be. To that was a missed opportunity. That's what he said, missed opportunity, like to bring all this original yeah. characters and to put them together and how did they not do that honestly and, and yeah, I think it's kind of sad that they're bringing them all back but just not at the same time like just, you should have uh, just brought them all back at least for a moment all yeah, of them kill them off if you want to but at least give us that little sweet 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 you know opportunity yeah. you know like like them talking to each other again hugging make cracking jokes at each other you know or, you know even if it's just a little meet and greet you know and then they can go on with the story, but they didn't give us that. They denied us all that stuff, and then they said, "Here's our bland new characters. You must like them." And I don't know. Uh, they're not resonating with me as much as they should. I mean, it's not that the characters, the new characters, are bad. It's just that they don't. I don't feel like they have set personalities. I can't tell you who they are. Uh, I don't know. I just don't identify with them. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But. Um, Anyway, so that was Star Wars. Andrusito, you want to tell us a little bit about Vampire the Masquerade? Oh, I don't really have much to say other than um, I did go ahead and purchase the old game. I never played it. Okay, I heard on my wish list. I didn't even... Uh, I installed it, but I haven't even played it yet. Um, school and life got in the way, so <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even really get into it. But from what I've heard, the the sequel that's coming out is supposed to be... There's a lot of buzz around it. It's supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, I, I saw it, and I, I was actually reading on an article of PC Gamer, and uh, they were talking about the second game. I'm like, wait a second, I remember hearing about the first game, and apparently the first game is not bad at all. No, it's it's a deep, um, I don't know, action RPG, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like an urban setting where you go around, but then you have to pay attention to, like, there's like a whole covenant of vampires, and you have to kind of follow the rules. Because if you like uh, kill too many people, you're gonna attract attention, and the vampires don't necessarily want you to attract attention. And so you have to like toe the line, or you can go rogue and just start killing everything. But I think the vampire clans or whatever just start sending people after you, or something. So I don't know. That sounds really cool. That whole. Yeah, setting. I thought so too, and I, I thought so enough to buy the old game, but uh, I still haven't even had a chance to okay. really get into it. How much is the old game? Oh, it was really cheap. I can't remember now, but uh, it's on Steam. You can get it on Steam. Okay. Well, I'll check it out. I think I have it on my wish list. So, Cool. Uh, now, talking about games that are coming up here, there was a game similar to Their Billions, which is called Conan Unconquered. It's a real-time strategy. But the thing in their billions, basically, you you start you, you can only play alone, and then you start building a base, and then you get waves of enemies of zombies that start getting progressively harder and more numerous and tougher enemies. Now Conan did the same thing with this unconquered uh, real-time strategy game, except that you can play co-op. So in the beginning, you can like control your own uh, your own side of the of the of the base, and then eventually you can both build your your own bases. I think. And then you, you just get a bunch of enemies from the Conan universe thrown at you. And it looks really cool. I saw a little video of people playing it. It, real, it looks really awesome. So 
I think that's something I'm definitely going to buy. I think that Leaf will get a kick out of that game. Uh, they're playing co-op. And then uh, I think we're getting to the end of this thing, unless there's anything else you guys want to touch on. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, what uh, what Steam game... We're talking about Steam and the competition with Epic and what Steam needs to do to... Or if they're going to do anything to like rise up to the challenge uh, that Epic has started. Uh, so we have... There, there was a fake trailer for Left 4 Dead 3... Uh, thing and then people have been waiting for half-life 3 forever are they gonna do a portal 3 team fortress 3 dota 3 what what's up with valve not making a third game of anything that they make um, i have a theory what's that well you guys know the valve is, is separated with htc and has created their own yeah. vr headset yeah. that's a thousand dollars uh for the whole the whole set it's only 500 if you just buy the hmd but Get the whole set, it's a thousand dollars. So, to me, the only way really to entice somebody to spend a thousand dollars on something they don't need if they have a, a Vive or, or an Oculus, because all of their games are playable with both, uh, is to come out with um, basically Left 5 Dead. I, I think Left 4 Dead, the next Left 4 Dead, is going to come out as a uh, virtual reality game for their headset. That would be pretty cool. That's that's my uh, prediction. But you're 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 talking about that not being a regular game at all, right? It's just going to be exclusively for the VR. Exactly. And so they're going to try to get people to spend a thousand dollars on their headset to play mm -hmm. the new Left 4 Dead. Well, I was talking to Ethan about this the other day. I was looking at all the you know because a couple of things dropped on the on the VR uh, helmets, like I like to call them. There was the the standalone Oculus, right? The, the one with no wires that yeah. doesn't require a PC to play. The but quest, they, the they But they still have the glitchy graphics, the Mickey Mouse gloves, the twitchy hands. And I'm like, dude, I'm ready for somebody to make a real freaking game for VR. I'm tired of the gimmicks. I want a real game. I want something that, like Doom, for example. I want to play Doom, and I know that Doom is compatible with the Oculus, right? But I, I want, like you are saying, make a left for that, make an actual full-length PC game that feels like you're actually in the freaking game, full, oh. full throttle VR. I think, I think VR. I've, I've got a few that I can put on your head right now in Oculus Rift. Oh really? What are those? Oh yeah, and then the Oculus Go is gonna have, I mean the Quest. The Oculus Quest is gonna have three that I know off the top of my head right now that'll do that for you also. Because I'm ready for the next step. I'm tired of the gimmicky stuff, and I and I, I know I, I do think that I VR think... is the future of gaming, but they need to hurry up and start committing to that a little bit harder so i'm i'm a vr enthusiast i've, I've got a rift mm -hmm. and I've, I've played a lot over the last four years or so mm -hmm. and and there were things that came out years ago that i think will blow your mind just because you haven't experienced it yet yeah maybe not i just the videos that i see don't are not telling me on any of this stuff you can't trust videos sure. when it comes to vr that that's the main thing even playstation vr um it won't look that crazy to you when you watch a video, but when you put that headset on, it's different. Hmm. The it's you'll see. I, I'll, I'll I'll turn you around. I'll I'll put some stuff on for you that'll open your eyes. Okay. Well, the, the next is, though, he won't use the Rift because it has a cable. Oh yeah, I want well, I want cable less stuff. Uh, so the next podcast that we do, I will be able to talk about the Quest. Okay. Ooh. Because I've already pre-ordered mine. What? I'll, I'll... Ooh! Are you cereal? 
like I said, I'm a I'm a VR enthusiast. I've been in it for a long time, and uh. I've been waiting for the quest. I was going to try to take it with me to China because that's a 14-hour flight that I would have been wow. digging my VR. But I have an <laughs> Oculus Go also, so for me, I'm I'm just going to be watching Netflix on my Go and pretending like there's not a giant fat dude on top of me uh, <laughs> for 14 hours. Gross. I hope you wear protection. Yeah. Just imagine you like walking around the cabin of a plane. Thing on, and then there's like turbulence. Yeah. Well, even my, to be honest, that was one of the reasons why I started using my Go on flights is because of the turbulence and because of some of the random bad flight issues that I've had over the past, like being sandwiched in like a sardine. I'm I'm not that small of a dude, and um, to be honest, the using the Oculus Go has helped with um. Does that feeling of being trapped? You know, it's 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 it's. I've had some really packed flights, especially going to New York. I've had some really packed flights. And mm -hmm. Putting on the go and and whether I'm just playing a game in there or just putting on the meditation thing, it doesn't matter. Uh, or watching a movie, uh, it does something to you. It tricks your mind. You you don't feel as trapped. And the only bad thing is, I've had some. Ooh man, I've had some flights where the plane would go completely sideways, or the plane would uh, do some crazy really bad turbulence <laughs> and so the oculus go works just like any other um ar thing like your phone there's a, there's a gyroscope in there mm -hmm. so it sucks when you're watching something and then all of a sudden your view flips sideways <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the good thing is there's a reset button on the little controller so you can reset where oh, okay. your uh, your point of view is but it doesn't help for that one quick you know, shot to your stomach where all of a sudden your whole world spins or turns. That's not good. Uh, and, and that sucks. But I can tell you, man, that, that there's, there's something, especially for people that travel, there's something to that wireless VR that that's really helpful on a plane or but train, bus, whatever else, as long as you don't, you know, worry about looking real stupid because you got <laughs> this big thing strapped to your head. So what about the battery life? I mean, how long can you go on with that thing? So the battery life already is pretty good. Um, on the go, I've never drained it completely, but uh, what I did for this flight to China that I'm about to take is I bought um, a 20,000, uh, one of the lithium chargers, so I'm just going to have that in my, my backpack, so I can just plug it in midway through the flight. Okay. Um, I imagine it's probably going to last me five or six hours, and then I'll have to plug it in. Okay. Um, and it's the same thing with my phone and, and my tablet and anything else that I have. I just have that external charger that I can plug in and not worry about it. But now most planes have that little charger at your seat, right? Right, right, right. And and so if I have it, I'm not even worried if I'll have my my adapter. But just in okay. case, I, I brought a, a battery back up. But flying within the states, just uh, from here, from I mean, I'm in Texas. I flew from Texas to New York and used that Oculus Go the whole flight without any problem. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, it, I know for a fact, three, four hours, probably even five hours, it's fine. I never ran out of battery life. Okay. Cool. And then. But next see. time we meet, I will be able to talk about the quest. Yeah, yeah. Well, next time you come over to my house to play Gloomhaven, hopefully you'll, um, hopefully you'll have more time once you get back from China. I mean, I don't yeah, know yeah. Time. But uh, did you see the Ghost Recon trailer that came out? I 
I didn't watch Fresh the trailer. Um, I did hear the news, uh, and that's funny that you bring it up because isn't that game also an epic yes. exclusive? Yes, another epic <laughs> exclusive. Goes yeah. from Breakpoint out October fourth. I don't know if it's a time ex- like I say at this point. I don't know what's a time exclusive and what's like a full for. For example, annual uh, eighteen is it eighteen hundred? Annual eighteen hundred. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That's a, that, that'll be a forever exclusive because you can only buy it on Epic or on the Uplay. Yeah, store. see, that's the thing is I've already got a Uplay library anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would go to my Uplay library before I go to Epic anyway. Yeah, and that's another um, thing. Um, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Although I do go to Epic for their free games. I just load those up twice okay. a month. No, um, I, I, so I do have an Epic account with nothing but... Uh, library of free games that i haven't paid them for i think i'm refusing on general principle just to touch epic at all i don't that's funny until this thing is over i'm I'm disgusted by them right now honestly Uh, but uh what i was saying is that i've been playing city skylines on on steam i bought it for like two bucks when it was on sale and uh, and city skylines is really cool uh it's a lot better than sim city the latest sim city that came out which was like what six years ago was that when that sim city came out um, because it doesn't limit you uh, to, to your little plot of land or whatever. And that SimCity was really easy to play. It was really easy to stabilize your town and whatever. It, it, it wasn't really very real, realistic animation or, or I, I guess, simulation of real life. City Skylines keeps you on your feet. And, um, and you can actually buy plots of land unlimitedly. So you can just keep growing and growing and growing the city. The only thing that I realized, you know, because I played the first SimCity back in, what was it, 1990, 1991, that I still remember that first SimCity, that was a lot, very cool. But in my opinion, the, that open sandbox thing always has the limit of, okay, I kind of mastered the basic things and I'm done with the sandbox. Yes, I can make prettier buildings, I can buy some DLC or get some mods and make my buildings look prettier. But in terms of gameplay, it's just kind of like it doesn't offer that extra challenge or that not not challenge per se, but flavor. And what I, when I was looking at annual eighteen hundred or whatever annual that does have the flavor that I've been looking for, because you feel like you're immersed in a setting, and then there's other people around you that are doing things to you, for you, or against you, and that you can work with. And and that's something that I've been missing in the city simulators. So that you can actually like make trade agreements with people, and and at, at some point it almost plays a little bit like a civilization game combined with a city building game, and I think that's what I was missing. So I've been wanting so, to get that annual game just to try it out and see. The funny thing is, your comment can make me bring this whole thing full circle back to Days Gone. Okay. That's where all the complaints come from, basically. So to some people, uh, you know, they 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 basically seen everything this game in a way has to offer within the first few hours mm-hmm. and like i said i'm tens of hours into it yeah so f- for me personally and i'm a solo gamer which probably has a lot to it also uh, yeah. but um that game to me is more than the sum of its parts that game to me i like being in that world i like experiencing the things that i'm doing however repetitive they are it doesn't it doesn't matter to me because i like it and i think that's that's similar to what you're saying about SimCity and and that other game because and i have that game too yeah skylines i got skylines through a humble bundle Mm -hmm. um and and i think it's similar to that that if if you enjoy the world that you're playing in, it doesn't necessarily matter that what you're doing isn't uh making leap and bounds from moment to moment Mm -hmm. um i mean there is progression there is new things but 
there are hours in between. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty far apart. So if yeah. you're not enjoying the world world, then obviously, yeah, you're going to be done immediately and say, you know what? I've got other things I want to spend my time on, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. And that's why, as a caveat, games like Days Gone, I say they are for me. That that's mm-hmm. my kind of game, and I love it. But those complaints that you hear and the and the so so reviews are all valid. And I think that's the same thing with Skylines and, and with SimCity. Like you, you'll probably get a SimCity expert that that loves the game and, and lives in it and will tell you, "This is the game for me." Yeah. But like you said, uh, if it's not pushing that button for you, yeah, why why waste so much time in it? Yeah, I think it would have pushed that button for a younger me, but the mother me expects a little bit more. It wants it wants more out of its setting. It wants more of a feel to it. Yeah. And so I want that feel. But you could make a similar argument about Metal Gear Solid Five, where the gameplay is a lot of fun. You could call it highly repetitive, but I don't. I would say that it doesn't feel like that to me. I feel like every time I go out there, I look for new strategies, and it's on me to figure out how to better, how to best enjoy the game. And so yeah. Metal Gear Solid, yeah, you can say all day that you're playing the same mission over and over again. You could, but it feels a lot more satisfying to me than let's say Ghost Recon Wildlands. When I was playing Ghost Recon Wildlands, I was having less fun, especially when I was playing alone. And uh, and I'm like, well, you know what? This this seems just like just like punching a checklist. Whereas with Metal Gear Solid Five, I don't feel like I'm punching a checklist because I'm having fun while I'm doing whatever I'm doing. So I'm not thinking about the checklist. I'm just playing it. With Ghost Recon Wildlands, I always felt like, okay, you gotta do this missions, check these missions, check those missions, check that. You know, it felt like I was checking boxes and not having yeah. as much fun. Oh, of course, Wildlands is a lot different when you play it with friends. It becomes a lot more fun. Metal Gear Solid, you just play it alone, but I think Metal Gear Solid is a better game than Wildlands, even though Wildlands came after, you know, uh, came after. But that's just my opinion. But um, anyway, I think we're getting to the end of the podcast. Unless, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Did we miss anything that you guys want to talk about? Nope. Nope. Everybody's good? Yeah, so this is the point in the podcast where I thank everybody for showing up and not being super drunk before we start the podcast and, uh, you know, enjoy everything. So, Andresito, you're leaving for China the 18th? Uh, the f- whatever Wednesday is. I'm leaving okay. Oh Dark 30 in the morning on Wednesday. Okay. And then I'm, tr- I'm trying to talk Candyman into coming for October so he can be part of our HP Lovecraft uh, trial and maybe we cool. can go get arrested at the Renfest again. Well, you know, whatever. That's a story for a different time. But uh, but yeah, it should be fun. So, okay, guys. Thanks for playing. I think anyone and I will hop into Deep Rock Galactic in a little bit. Um, and if Mopi's awake, and then we're going to go to Comic Palooza tomorrow. And so the next podcast, I'm going to talk about Comic Palooza. And then uh, you'll talk about VR, and I don't know, Candyman is going to talk about more more gaming stuff, right? Yeah, most so, okay. More, more, uh, whatever yeah. evil things Epic does. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. <laughs> and then yeah. Ethan Cito is going to talk uh, to us about all the little indie games he's playing, right? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay, guys, thanks for coming. Right on. And I'm going to stop recording. Right, three, two, one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mutant Ducky podcast. If you'd like to contact us, please send us an email at mutantducky at gmail.com. That's Mutant Donkey with a three instead of an e at gmail.com. We will also put this email address in the show notes. Thank you.